What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sanhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. The Aldermain Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was, like, a second there where he was like, oh, God, he might have me. Do you think Pena has a chance against Man Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think it's that great. Wayne, um, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's gonna win this fight. He's gonna throw combinations of Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Last time I was so funny, this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Vikings jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't getting them title fights as fast as people who did speak English. It absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it's just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful. Fightful. Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekend Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for Life. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The Marksman. Have a ride. Have a ride. You're watching Live Rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will. Take it away, Steven. (laughs) What's up, everyone? Steven Jensen here with Doug Bateman. We're here for Live Rounds. We're going to be talking about Cody Rhodes and his free agency status. We're going to be talking about Mustafa Ali wanting out from the WWE. 
We're going to be talking GCW Hammerstein because that's coming up this weekend. And we also have UFC 270 this weekend. We'll do the predictions towards the end of the show for the MMA crowd out there. We'll get you the predictions for this big pay-per-view. And uh, might as well just get this out of the way real quick. ECW Hardcore 7 with the Super Chat. Anybody wants to send a Super Chat, we'll read it no matter what it is, even if it's something that makes us sad sometimes. Uh, but we do appreciate the Super Chats. That's the best way to support the stream. And we'll you know, always try to give you your money's worth. We'll answer your questions. We'll read your statements out. ECW Hardcore <coughs> Hardcore 7, excuse me, says, how about them Cowboys, haha, 49ers? That's why Doug's screen is uh, – is currently, uh, you know, he's he's feeling a little bit, a little bit gray, a little bit blue, uh, feelings wise. And I know the feeling. The Vikings didn't even make the playoffs. I know what he's going through right now, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, and there's also a donation link in the description, y'all. So if you don't want to send a super chat, feel free to uh, to send them there. I'll get a notification on my phone. We'll treat it just like a super chat. Before we get into any kind of conversation today, shout out to Unkind Esports, the sponsor of this show. Thank you very much to Unkind uh, for being a part of it. Make sure to follow them on social media at Unkind Esports. They're on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure to check out their new website, unkindesports.com. They're going to be getting their Twitch up and running uh, with more content soon. They're looking for people to play video games and, and do Twitch streams and stuff. So if you want to jump over there and you know get involved, I know they'd be happy to have you. They're co-run by Rob Van Dam. There's a lot of wrestling fans and MMA fans over there. So be a part of the community over there at Unkind Esports. And thank you once again for them being a part of the show this week. Doug, I know you don't want to get into any of the Cowboys stuff. Uh, do you want anything? Do you want to say anything? I know I'm, I'm, we're not here to roast Doug. He's taking this very seriously, as I did with my Vikings. I totally understand. I know the feeling. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, just whatever you want to get off your chest before we get into the wrestling and MMA talk, go ahead. I mean, you know, it, I thought we were better than what we were. It's just as pretty simple as that. And if you go back and you look at the the record is misleading because, you know, you see a good record of 12 and five, but we didn't really beat a lot of good teams. And you just felt like that with our penalty issues and our undisciplined play, like that we would have cleaned it up by the time we got to the playoffs and we never did. And it bit us in the, in the butt and we just, we lost, we lost. And, uh, I thought we played pretty bad and we still we still came close to winning. So it shows that we what we're capable of, we just couldn't get it done. I've talked to 49ers fans, um, especially one of my friends, Eric, and we've we've gone over the game. Mutual respect. I mean, it was a it was a tough physical game. Uh it's just really hard to accept that the season is over. Very uh bummed. I take this very uh serious it's it, it's no different for me than like if someone died like it's just a hard pill to swallow it you go through a grieving process I've already looked at next year's salary cap and who we can cut who we can sign I'm ready to move on from coaches I'm in full off-season mode draft podcasts I'll be listening to and we're just gonna try again but but this is my new view on the Cowboys right and, and I want this chat to hold me accountable, okay? I will no longer talk about the Cowboys winning a Super Bowl unless we get to an NFC Championship game. If we don't get to an NFC Championship game, it's not even in, in the realm of possibility for me. I'm no longer talking about it. Um, we've got to get that monkey off of our back to, to get to that next level before I really feel like we're going to do anything. Um, the Cowboys, to me, are a TV show that entertains me every fall. 
And when some seasons are good, some seasons are bad. But I was, I'm not having any more expectations for winning a Super Bowl when we haven't done anything in 26 years. We haven't got to the NFC Championship game in 26 years. It's just it's just I'm, I'm, I'm over it. But I always enjoy it. I thought we had a really good season, a lot of fun, broke a lot of records, had an amazing defense, haven't had a defense like that in so long. And, of course, we're going to lose Dan Quinn. But it is what it is, and uh, we move on. And uh, props to the 49ers. They beat us. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'm obviously not rubbing it in, but, like, Kellen Moore was someone I had on my radar for the Vikings, and I don't want him now after that. Yeah, we, we, um, we want to get rid of him so bad, it's not even funny. Yeah, and I've never been a McCarthy guy, obviously, with the history in Green Bay. I always thought that was more Aaron Rodgers and the squads they had there, not really him. You know, he inherited a really good situation. Um. So, yeah, I mean, Dan Quinn, the the unfortunately, the rap on him is always going to be 28-3. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, no matter what he accomplishes, I think he's definitely good enough to be the, a head coach of an NFL team. Like, he's definitely proven that with, with the Falcons and then with you guys um, as, the, um, as a defensive coordinator. But I don't uh, – like, because I'm in the same kind of boat as you where I'm just thinking of, like, next year coaching changes, what they're going to do with yeah. the roster – what we're looking like with money. And I know Dan Quinn, someone we're interested in. I'm not saying I don't want him. I'm just saying like, I, it's hard to well, shake that stigma of like losing the Super Bowl being up so much. I would be a little leery about Dan Quinn as a head coach, just because we've seen what happened before. And a lot of times there's just people out there that are way better coordinators than they are a head coach. And yes, he did get him to the Super Bowl. So you got to give him credit for that. And he was immediately a huge upgrade as a coordinator, but Man, I just think going from being one of the worst coaches in the league as a head coach, then going to be one of the best coordinators in the league, and then jumping right back into a head coaching position that might not even have like a good quarterback. I'm not talking about you, but just no, all no, the I head know coaches what you mean. Sure. positions that are available. Like, I don't know. I'd be a little nervous about that end, but I don't think there's a lot of home run coaches out there right now, anyways. I think every one of them is a risk. So it is what it is. Yeah. So <clears throat> unfortunately that's it for NFL for us. I probably yeah. won't even watch much of the, I'll probably watch the bucks. Cause it is fun for me to watch Brady, like still doing what he's doing right now. Like it's just really intriguing to me to see mm -hmm. him just continue to win. Even no, no matter how old he is. And everyone thinks that the next year is going to be the year that he falls off and it just doesn't ever happen. He looks like as good as he's ever looked. It's wild. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much the only interest I have uh, at this point at all, I guess, because, you know, the Vikings. I'm, I'm just trying to find out, figure out what they're going to do with the Vikings because they got to hire a general manager and then they got to hire a head coach. And I saw that they, uh, I saw some of the people they've been interviewing for general manager. And I don't know enough about those people to make like a great judgment on it. Cause like the GM's a bit different than like a coach and like, you know, yeah. we see the coaches on the field and we see them in all these press conferences and stuff. It's hard. I knew, I knew a lot about Spielman just that's cause I'm a Vikings fan. I pay so close attention, but I don't, I don't really know who would be the best general manager for us. I, I really have no idea, but what I would do personally, just for what it's worth, I would have, I would interview head coaches if I was the Vikings, which they're already doing. I'd interview head coaches and have like a small list of like five of them that you really, really like. If you can find like five head coaches, you really have a good feeling about 
And then when you're interviewing general managers, when you find a general manager that you're like, you got to get this GM, you give them that list and go, okay, there's five coaches that we really, really like. But if there's anyone else that you want to add to this list, we'll, it will bring them in for an interview. Like, you know what I mean? Be prepared with people you're ready to bring in if the GM's cool with it, but also be open-minded enough to like, if the GM has someone else in mind. They got to collaborate because it's coming out that Zimmer and Spielman didn't talk for months this season. Like that's insane. It's insane. They haven't talked for like half a year apparently. And like, it's about all of this stuff going on with the team. So like, yeah, anyway, that's all I'll talk about about football. Sorry about your Cowboys, man. It was a bummer. I was at Terminus. So like, yeah, I didn't see any of it. And then when I got home, my brother goes, dude, Doug's going to be so pissed off right now. And I was like, Oh no, what happened with the Cowboys? And then I saw the final play where the ref like runs into Dak. Or I mean, the 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 real the real reason y'all are getting so much heat is because of the, the play call to have Dak yeah. run at the end of the game like that. But I, that's all I left. that's all I saw was the run and then the the ref running into him. And I was like, oh my god, Doug's gonna be so mad about this. Like I 14, jump about it. 14 seconds left, and we were 25 yards away from not only tying but winning the Wait, game. You only need we six. A touchdown, yeah. We only need six. I, it's yeah. just it's it's hard to swallow. But um, I, I was curious, how was Terminus? Terminus was awesome, dude. Um, for anyone who wants like a full on review of that, I did I did that for the <laughs> excuse me for the Fightful Select Weekender podcast this past Sunday. So if y'all want to listen to, to that, it's on the $5 tier and you get that and like all of Sean Ross apps news. that's like constantly breaking. Obviously we're going to talk about Cody today. He was the one who broke that news um, on Fightful Select. So you get a lot of really good stuff, multiple podcasts. But one thing that you get there is my weekender podcast every Sunday. And I talk about independent wrestling. I did it on Monday this week because I went to tournament a Sunday night. And that all said, without getting super into it, um, I got to meet, Phil and Will from uh it's when I say that I always think about the Rugrats because like Phil and Will, but like <laughs> Phil, Phil Lindsay and Will Washington from the Grapsity podcast, they were both at fight at uh Terminus. So I sat with them, which was cool to uh to have that. And I didn't have a ticket for the show, and like you know, it was set up through Fightful. Um Sean hit up Baron Black and he said my name was on quote unquote on the list. So I showed up to the thing and it's snowing outside and like the roads are icy and I make this like half hour drive out to the show, get to the door. And I was like, they're like, yeah, there's, there's no list. <laughs> I'm not sure oh. if you're talking. And, and, I, oh. and, I, and I go, I go, dude, I'm with Fightful. Like, and I, all I did was I showed him my DMs with Sean that were like, you're on the list with Bear. And the guy goes, he was like, oh, Weekender. Yeah, yeah I, he's like the guy, the Grab City guys were in the front row. And he just, he just gave me a wristband wow. and just, just told me to sit front row. And I was like, okay, that's what's up. Like. They, re- they like, realized I was a fightful and like yeah. sat me with the fightful guys, which was cool. Um, right. But uh, but the actual show itself, man, I love those kind of events. Like it felt very sport based. It was a smart crowd. Like people knew what was going on. They knew what to cheer, when to kind of be quiet. Um, I thought the whole thing. All- Did you wind up getting to watch the show? No, no, I mean, I was all football. And, oh, that, yeah, you know, true. And then true. after the game, like, I'm not in the mood to do anything. So, no, I didn't watch it. I didn't even yeah. watch any GCW, honestly. So, oh, wow. Um, I saw some highlights and clips and stuff, um, but I didn't. I haven't actually watched any of the shows yet. They were really good shows. I, I'd, I'd definitely recommend. Um, and one of the matches was free on YouTube, the Marcus Crane Memorial match. They did a okay, death, yeah, they yeah. Did a death match on up. YouTube. Yeah, it wound up being uh, Spider Nate Webb filled in for Shellac because Shellac didn't make the show. But it was 
uh, Nate Webb, Jimmy Lloyd, and um, my oh, and Alex Sloan. Yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, it was. It wasn't for the ultraviolet championship, unfortunately, but uh, it was a good match. So yeah, but yeah, Terminus. I'd, I'd recommend anybody go watch that. It's available on Fight TV if you want to check it out. I don't know how much it was, how much it cost, but I can't imagine it was too expensive. Probably fifteen dollars or so, I would guess. Um, yeah, well worth it in my opinion. So cool. And they had some different rules and stuff too. Was it easy to follow and nothing seemed odd? Yeah, they did a really good job of the referee communicating out loud as to like what was going on. And then you could kind of also overhear um, <coughs> Dave Prezak on commentary because it was a pretty small venue. Um, so like you could hear him explaining stuff throughout the night as well. But yeah, it was really cool because like one of the matches, for instance, was Moose versus Mike Bennett. And moose is gigantic in person like getting right up close to him i was like he looks big on tv but like this dude is a he is a like he would fit in great in any wrestling company like aesthetically like i mean that guy's huge and uh him and bennett had a really good match for what it was and of course you know moose being the impact champion they have to be careful about how they're booking all this stuff and one of the rules was you can't throw anyone over the top rope so Moose wound up like they had a good match and Moose threw him over the ropes twice and, de- and got dehued. But like, it was cool. Cause like it, like, you know, both guys wound up looking good. And because you didn't see anyone else get thrown over the top rope at all the rest of the night, it looked brutal. Like the couple times you saw someone take that, you know, dive over the top, like they really sold it. Like, you know, it was, it, cause we're so used to seeing that kind of stuff when, when they make that it. Is specialty. True. Yeah, especially like those GCW type shows where there's just so much high spots throughout the whole entire show. By the time that people do it, their you know seventh match, it doesn't get nowhere near the same effect. So that is yes. true. And and as ECW Hardcore says, the weather definitely affected the attendance because um, I I didn't know for sure if I was going to go till about a half hour till bell time because my rows were icy. I was getting snow flurries like the whole day. And in Atlanta, we get snow so often or so so rarely that the city doesn't know how to deal with it. So, like, everything shuts down. The roads are slow traffic. I know. I'm in Texas. (laughs) And when it snows, we lose power. So, you know. So there was definitely – like, the show was initially completely sold out. And then I found out that they were selling general admission at the door because – because, like, there were so many people that couldn't show up because of the weather that they were – able to open it up for seats but that 100 would have been a sellout um for sure and um they said that they're coming back february i think 24th so yeah something like that so i'll definitely go back especially if they run that same building the only critique i have is the parking situation sucks out out where the venue is i have to park like way down the street i wish you could park where loco is dude you have no (laughs) idea what a hole in the wall that thing is we every place that is around it says they'll tow your car and you just gotta (laughs) hope for the best because we we park it like some parking uh some apartment complex usually and they say they'll tow you but i mean you're only in there for like three and a half hours so you're just like whatever they're not gonna tow me yeah but uh but yeah, as far as everything else, though, like I said, really good crowd for the people that were there. Uh, the wrestlers were really cool. I talked to Baron Bra- Baron Black after the show a little bit and just kind of thanked him for 
I was like, Hey man, thanks for putting me on the list. Like appreciate you, uh, you and Sean working that out for me. And he was like, Oh shit. I never gave him the list. I was like, yeah, well I just said I was with Sean I know. Ross Sapp. I was, I, was, I, was like, I was like, yeah, I just said I was with Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, the guy, you know, like let me in no problem. But, uh, but it was really cool. He was like, he was like, asked if I needed anything or like, you know, wanted to talk to anyone. And I was like, man, I'll, I'll just be plugging the show tomorrow on the weekend or like, that's, you know, that's why I'm here. And I think the Grab City guys might've gotten some interviews afterwards. I had to pretty much just get out of there because I had a half hour drive and like, I didn't know what the weather was going to actually be like the rest of the night. I don't want to get stuck out in the middle of nowhere, like, you know, right. at nighttime with it snowing and stuff. So I just got out of there right when the show ended, but I really wanted to have a chance to talk to Daniel Garcia, but I didn't see him after the show, but I really wanted to like give him some props for like literally watching him go from wrestling in front of nobody to main eventing AEW. And now, you know, now yeah. he's like one of the main attractions when he's on the Indies, which is cool as hell. But yeah, the, yeah. the show was really, it was just a really, really good show. I could talk the entire time about that, but I, you know, I, I once again, just check it out. It was, it was one of the more sports based type wrestling shows that I think that you'll see all year. And it was really well done. Cool. Yeah. And I bet their next show will be even better because they get their kinks out their first one and then the weather probably will cooperate and I, they'll probably have a really good show uh, in next month. So um, I've got Loco uh, this Friday, so I'll be going to Loco. Um, really good card. I'm excited for it. So I'll have some fun stories from there. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Mickey, <laughs> Sadiq is going to kill what Mickey Knuckles or whatever. Oh my <laughs> God. She's a dead woman. Personally, I'm a much, I know you agree. I'm sure, but I'm a much bigger fan of Sadiq than Mickey. Like, like oh, I actually, I like, I like, I really like Sadiq. Like Sadiq is badass. Oh, she's, well, then, like, she's, she's homegrown here too. Like she has such a fan base. Like, like you saw when Nick Gage came out, like super over, but like Sadika got her cheers in too. Like it was a, uh, and, and like it's kind of like the Houston Premier Arena is her house. So if you're going to go there, like that's why I think like her and Matt Tremont is going to be brutal. I'm getting out of the way and uh, just they all enjoy the ride, I guess. But yeah, it's going to be brutal. Um, let's see, we've got some super chats here. So, John, uh, thank you, sir, uh, for the super chat. I always appreciate it. I'm going to watch my first GCW show this week. Also, I believe the Cody story is a non-story. Cool to talk about, but he isn't going anywhere but AEW. Um, Yeah, and we'll definitely get into Cody. That's awesome that you're finally giving GCW a chance. Um, I know we've talked about it before, and uh, it's not really saying he's not really into like New Japan or anything like that. Strictly just like AEW was WWE type, but um, I think a lot of people are going to feel this way that with GCW, the only thing that sucks is this is going on the same time as Chiefs and Bills, so that's a that's a tough sell when you know that's a very good playoff game, so. That's the only thing that sucks, but uh, I definitely recommend the show. I think it's going to be really good, and I think it's it's going to kind of take GCW to that next level. I feel like Cardona and Gage took GCW to that next level, and I feel like this is – and then Gage and Moxley took it to the next level, and now I feel like this is going to take it to that level. And if I could go even before that, it was um, uh, the – 440 guy what's his name engage yeah and, and, and spring, spring break. break yeah like that was that was where it got taken to another level and then gage and gardona like it just keeps it keeps going up and up and up 
And when <laughs> Matt Cardona was like, the next goal for GCW is Madison Square Garden. And I laughed, but then I'm just like, is that really impossible? <laughs> like, I, you know, like I would never say never. You just don't know. And especially if they're able to just bring in whoever they can book, and that could be anybody, that just gives you such a wide variety of people. You never know what you could book to draw fans in. You know what I mean? Especially if it was like to fall like on a WrestleMania weekend or something like that. Like right now, that sounds insane. I'm not saying like it made sense for New Japan and Ring of Honor to come together and sell out MSG. But you never know. I wouldn't I like we have agreed that they're the third biggest American promotion. You know what I mean? So we'll see. Yeah, they they're the third biggest in the US, but they probably realistically have this like the second most buzz of any company outside of AEW. You know what I mean? Like as yeah. far as like the actual amount of people that are like really excited. I mean, GCW, <laughs> it's really cool because I'm seeing a lot of people that are longtime wrestling fans that were fans in the nineties and have stuck with it. Like we have for all these years. And they're like, man, I remember going to ECW shows and like, now I'm going to GCW shows and it's the same feeling. It's like the first time there's been like that feeling of like this completely different alternative company that's actually making waves and kind of like changing the business for to a degree. Like it's, it's really cool. And I definitely think that this is going to be their biggest show ever at Hammerstein. Like not only of course, like attendance wise, but I'd imagine they're going to shatter their previous, you know, buys for fight TV and they're doing actual pay-per-view this time. Like you can just order it if you have cable, which is crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that it's, uh, it's really cool that, that people are like, you were tuning in for the first time, uh, you know, who is it? John that, that sent the chat. Yep. Um, yep. so yeah, John, I'm glad you're checking the show out. And I, and, uh, I'm happy if, you know, we're the kind of the guys who have been talking this up and you're giving it a chance because I've heard from quite a few people over the last few months that are like, you know, I wasn't watching GCW at all, but you and Doug talk about it so much that I've given it a chance and now I can't miss a show. It's like, yeah, that's a big reason why we do talk about uh, companies like GCW. Similar to back in the day on this channel when Bill and Doug were telling people to watch TNA. Like, I mean, it was because they thought it was the superior show that, and, you know, we think GCW is one of the best companies in the world, as we do with AEW. You know, it's, those are pretty much the two that me and Doug really kind of, we talk about it all and we'll give it anything a chance. But those are kind of the two that we, we focus most heavily on. And it's cool to see that uh, we're kind of making some more fans out of Game Changer Wrestling because this is the best time ever to get into the company. I mean, it, it's only going to get bigger yeah. from Hammerstein. So, Well, and like... It's interesting, too, because what I like about GCW is you don't have to order every show. Like, if you don't want to, like, there, there's just – it's going to have another show the next week or the week after, and then just kind of, like, whatever you want to watch. And uh, there's just such a variety. But they find a way to and, – and, like, this is what – I wonder what you just lose by going mainstream. But there's parts of it that have that, like – being the elite to it where stuff is created on the internet and the finale is on a pay-per-view like it was an roh you know what i mean so like if we get ftr and the briscoes that literally has basically been an internet feud like if that's what happens at the hammerstein show um 
pretty much all of Cardona's buzz on everything he's done has been through the internet. Like the guy is a freaking genius right now. Like I, he's a can't miss. If you, you have to follow Matt Cardona on Twitter and you have to watch the major bros and there's just so much good stuff that, that he creates. Um, there's, there's just a lot of things that are so homegrown. Like I just watched Atticus Coger's promo about how he's upset, how the homegrown talent's being forgotten about and how he's going to ruin, uh, ruin uh, Brett Lardell's night. You know what I mean? So there's just there's just always something that is going on with GCW before a show, after a show. It's just something that's constantly moving. It's like a it's like a hamster wheel that never stops. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And like it just it's just snowballing. It's just getting bigger and bigger. <clears throat> um, Hoodfoot is awesome in the chat. Yeah, I I've been talking of Hoodfoot for years, and I'm really glad that. I, you hadn't seen that yet, have you? Hoodfoot versus Alex Cologne from this past weekend. Didn't watch the match, but I, uh, I I saw Twitter highlights and stuff. Yeah, some really cool stuff. I'm sure you saw the highlight of him putting the the light tube up in his arms and giving him the German yep. suplex. I was like, dude, I love Hoodfoot. I, like, man, I've been talking him up for a long time. So it's really cool because he literally debuted. In the GCW for GCW, he debuted in the main event for the Ultraviolet Championship and totally held his own. And now I feel like they're going to be bringing Hoodfoot back on a regular basis, or at least they should. Like he definitely just has earned his spot, in my opinion. Yep, I agree. TDI um, humble opinion says he doesn't like Nick Gage. I don't think yeah. he's a great wrestler. I don't think a lot of people would like argue he's not a great like he isn't a great in ring wrestler. But you can't deny how just ultra over he is in front of the right crowd, and that's really why. It's not even that. Like, go to a Nick Gage show. Like, go to a show where he comes out. And it's just, it's the most crazy. Like, I wish every GCW show I went to, and Nick Gage at least had an entrance. Like, as long as I got that. Because it's just a, I mean, and it it was, it it didn't matter if the crowd was just like, yeah, you know, kind of like, all right, let's get to the next match. The moment that they know that Nick Gage is coming out, it is a switch that gets turned on that just goes crazy. And what I love about the Houston Premier Arena is you're allowed to bang the walls. So, like, you just start hearing people bang walls, and it just it, it kind of becomes animalistic, you know. And then he comes out, and he feeds off of it, and it's just uh, it, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I remember you talking about how – the first time you saw him live, it was him and Sadika, right? Was the yeah. main event. And you were like, before the main event, when people knew that that was the next match, the entire vibe changed. And there was just like a feeling of evil. Like, it yeah. was like this feeling of evilness. Like, the, the whole mood of the whole place completely changed. Like, it, it, it was like, <laughs> if, if, if there was actually like a, the lights, like a shadow, like a dark cloud, all of a sudden just coming over the entire building because that's what it felt like. Like it just the mood changed. And it was the first time I ever seen Sadika as well. So I did not know what to expect. I would have felt way more comfortable if I knew how down she was, you know, because like you're like, is 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 Nick taking this too far and she's in real danger right now? Like that's what you're thinking. Now I know that she was just like, no, hit me with, you know, three light tubes in the face and I'm fine. Like, this is what we wanted to do. Okay, that's fine, whatever. So it didn't bother me as much, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. 
because she's dishing it out too. Like she'll 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 dude like when yeah. it was Effie and her, like literally, like right in front of me. There is no faking this. They are they are throwing full blown shots at each other. He's hitting her right in the chest. She's hitting him as hard as she can, and I mean they're just going at it. Like <laughs> wasn't it, that the match it, where he like wild. really cut himself? Bad oh yeah, at, like, the side. They oh, had yeah. to wrap it up pretty quick. Yeah. He was mad yeah. too. He was pissed. Um, Have you heard him today? He has that tongue injury, so like his speech is. Even, I heard of like death get it on, you know, and I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, he hurt his yeah. tongue. I'm not. I, I didn't like look into how he injured his tongue. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I, I just saw on Twitter like he was doing some promos or maybe something for Twitch or something. I saw earlier today and. I was like, what's what's going on with and I was like, oh, he hurt his tongue. I was like, because I, I heard I just heard him talking. I was like, why did he sound like that? Um yeah, any, anyways, I can run through the uh, the GCW card real quick. Yeah, uh, since ahead. we're already talking about it. We don't have to like deep dive in each match, but just so people know what's going on, we got the grab the brass ring the, the brass ring. All right. Grab the brass ring ladder match. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh but it's pretty. This is gonna be pretty nuts. It's PCO Alex Cologne, who's ultraviolent champion. Title, I'm assuming, is not on the line here. Uh, Tony Deppin, Leo Rush, Jimmy Lloyd, and Jordan Oliver. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, we'll do some predictions. Like, who do you think is gonna win that that ladder match? Hmm. Maybe. I don't think it'll be Leo Rush. I'm thinking maybe Jordan Oliver. Yeah, I could see really any of these guys winning for the most part. Like, I don't think it'll be Leo either, um, just because he's not there as often in GCW. Right. And then PCO is just, like, such a wild card. Uh, like, I just feel like that dude's going to fall apart at any moment, but he I mean, if doesn't. there ever if there ever was a spot monkey, I mean, I think PCO is one of the biggest, but it's entertaining. So it's... And I think part of it too is just his history of what he used to be, and now you're like, dude, you're older and you're taking the more insane bumps. Like it's it's wild. Yeah, that's one that got a pop out of my brother the, this weekend because he somehow hadn't seen PCO yet, or at least hadn't remembered seeing him. And when he started doing flips off the ropes, like into chairs and stuff, my brother was like, "What yeah. the hell? <laughs> like, what's this guy doing?" Taking um, like full flips right on the outside of the apron and hitting this, his like spine directly and he just it's like gets back up you're just like okay wild <laughs> but when he's just like walking around he's like limping because his like his body's all torn up so it's just like but he, hey if he's gonna keep going out there and doing it and keep getting the pops he's getting like more power to him i got nothing against it it's entertaining um yeah, I'm gonna go Jimmy Lloyd, but just because I always pick Jimmy Lloyd now for like everything. He's like one of my favorite wrestlers. You have totally changed your mind on that kid. Completely. Like I yeah. just never I didn't think he was that great for a while. And then recently just like really won me over. Like he's like super innovative. And part of the charm <laughs> for me is like that he just looks the way he looks, right? Like it just like he doesn't look like a wrestler at all, but he could really go out there in the ring. Like, like it makes me wonder though, like if he if he like got in really good shape and like took it really like how good would he be? But it also <laughs> would take away like the Jimmy Lloyd appeal. But um, but yeah, I mean he 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 busts some crazy stuff for sure, and he doesn't yeah. have to have death matches to have good matches. So yeah, you you ever seen where the wild things are, or know what that is? 
where the wild things um, are. Is it? I, I, I can't think. If you if you look up an image of where the wild things are, my brother brought this to my attention. He feels like Jimmy Lloyd looks like this guy, and I can't unsee it. But that also makes me like Jimmy Lloyd even more because like he just looks so much. That's part. That's like that's kind of what you said. Like if he if he took it more seriously, it just like I don't know if he's if I'm if I like him as much. It's almost like Kevin Steen. Like I yep. kind of like Kevin Steen more because he was, you know, he didn't he didn't fit the mold of like what a normal wrestler was. Um, but yeah, I'm a big Jimmy Lloyd fan. So I'm is your brother him. saying that he's the monster in the movie? Is that what that is? I don't know. Where I gotta look it up. He always brings it a, up. It's from a book, but the movie it looks like if that's what he's talking about, then I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, yeah, the things have like horns on it. It looks like yeah, that looks just yep. that does look like Jimmy Lloyd a lot because like yeah, like the beard, like with the. Yeah. yeah, I really. He I also he that. has a very unintimidating voice. If he he doesn't <laughs> right. talk a lot, but when he does, that. it's kind of like, oh, okay. Like I remember, I asked for his uh, picture with him, and he was like, "Sure, man, that's no problem." I'm like, oh, okay, sound like yeah. that. <laughs> I love it because he's he's legit. Like, I'm pretty sure his actual real life story is that pretty much as a kid in in an early teen he would just go to these indie shows and his parents just kind of like leave him there. And then eventually just started like getting to know wrestlers and like helping with the ring and just little things. Cause he was just like always there as a fan. And then he eventually just like started doing it himself. So that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm a big fan. So I'm going to go with Jimmy Lloyd. Uh, we have a singles match, Ruby Soho versus Ali catch. That'll be a really good one. I think. Yeah. Um, I think Ali How was Allie one, versus Kylie Ray. It was, that was really good too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kylie can really go. It's it's it's. Oh yeah. Unfor- it's unfortunate that like I'm not and this I'm not. It just is what it is. With you know, she had the really short run in uh, in Impact that like never really got started, and the same with AEW as well. Yeah. But um, like the talents there, you know. It's I just, think it's I really weird. I think it's really weird too, based on her character. Like if her character wasn't supposed to be this like bubbly, happy, always, but like it doesn't, it makes it hard to compute that what she's going through mentally because it just, all you see her is is just smiling and happy 24 seven when she wrestles. True. Kind of like Robin Williams in a way, right? Yeah. 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 I know what you mean. Like you would have no idea if you just saw that, like, like when you saw her in AEW and she had to leave, like clearly she was probably at a breaking point, but every time you saw her, she was just so happy and excited and you would have never thought anything of it. So I think it's really hard because then fans see that character every time she comes back and they're thinking like, Oh, she's in a good place now. She's happy. This is fine. And then it's like, yeah, she's not coming back. And it's like, Oh, okay. You know, so it's hard to read. Yeah. Um, as far as the Soho and alley catch match, do you think, uh, I feel like alley catch has to win. Cause she's like a big part of GCW, but I think it'll be a good match. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think she should win. I, I don't know, um, you know, how that goes. Cause you know, Ruby is a bigger name, but I think she should win. Also, um, shout out to John Carlito for making that video package with Ali challenging Ruby Soho. I thought it was really well done. Um, I actually got to talk to him and told him how much I think it, video packages are important, how great of a job he does. And uh, he was a super cool guy, really. And he's at every GCW. Like, he's a big part of GCW. That A lot of people don't really give him a lot of credit, but 
the 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 internet content that's high quality the one the videos that look like that they're made by like expensive cameras and things like that like that's all him and he does a great job oh yeah um jeff atwood said that kylie ray is an nwa yeah she she's a regular at national wrestling alliance right now um just unfortunately not that many people pay attention to the show yeah yeah like how 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 however uh what i'm trying to say there's not that much NWA to begin with, I guess. It's yeah, kind of the point. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, all right. So after that, we got Matt Cardona, Joey Janela. I saw that. Love this. I Love saw that this. Cardona got attacked at Super Gabby by yes, Joey Janela. Yes, he did. <laughs> did you watch it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, it's it like great. Cinematic. Super Gabby's like, bro, bro, over there, bro. Yeah. You know, like trying to teach it, tell him. And then, like, I thought Joey looked pretty swole. Honestly, like he he he's been working out because like he didn't look like a super you know short guy against like Cardona, so I give him props for that. Um, so yeah, it was a cool build up. He ran over Cardona's toe with his car. Oh, <laughs> he hit him, man. He hit him with a. I like I like how Cardona hit him with the AEW toy title. Is like here's something you'll never get, Joey. Like, man, you know, yeah, like, it was awesome. So good stuff. But yeah, like who only Cardona would think like we're going to fight at Super Gabby's and it's everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's perfect. I mean, yeah, he's always so sketched genius. out when he goes there to pick up toys because of like, right. the sketchy location and everything. Talk he's to always, me, Ba. Yeah. Talk to me, Ba. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You already know. You already know. You already know. <laughs> um, I I don't know who wins that one either. Like that's a toss up for me. I got Cardona. Cardona. I got Cardona, but doing some real heel stuff. I think he's going to be real big heel at, at the Hammerstein Ballroom. So I'm really curious of what he what he's going to dress up as. Very curious of that. I, I think he should dress up as Cena. I really do. Not one, not one actual night, Cena, but one night you know, stand Cena. Right, but like his yeah. own stuff, his own right. merch stuff. Yeah. But like you know. Not actually go get Cena hat, Cena shirt, you know. Like yeah, that. I would but literally just find out whatever it was the exact like gear that Cena wore against Rob Van Dam at One Night Stand Two. Like that would be as Too close bad he you threw get away to that. that ECW title because he could have walked in with the ECW title with his head <laughs> down just like Cena did at One Night Stand. That would have been beautiful. That's true. Maybe he'll he'll bring it back out, even though he lost to Ricky Morton clean. Did he? Was, he did. Oh, yeah. that's how, how did that happen? I just like was it Cardona, a distraction? Anything? Nothing? I, I don't think there was really. I can't remember exactly. It, it happened so fast that I was like caught off guard because I just thought they were just kind of getting into the match. I was kind of half paying attention, and like I realized he was losing. I was like, wait, what the hell? Um, wow! But like Joey Janela came out, and it was really just a way to just keep furthering Janela versus Cardona. But I'm gonna go with Cardona also. But I, I think that's a really that's actually a really hard one to predict. I think because Janela means so much to GCW, and people are you know a lot of people are speculating kind of what his future in AEW might be and stuff. So like he could really use a big win over Cardona. So I, I think if gonna, they have a great match, it doesn't matter who wins. I think yes. as long as they really go out there and deliver, then I think it'll it'll work. And then you have the kind of storyline of who's Chelsea going to side with based on the yeah. Janela pictures and all that stuff. Right. 
Um, and thanks everyone for sending the super chats. We'll get to every single one of them once we uh, once we finish with these uh, G- GCW uh, predictions. We'll uh, go through all the super chats and answer all your questions. So keep sending those. We'll make sure to get to all of them. Thanks. Um, and smash that like button if you don't mind. Please hit that like button if you haven't. Definitely helps us out. So yes, for sure. Um, Jeff, Jared, and Effie. Awesome. I just <laughs> uh, I, Effie. Okay, but I, I don't know. Jeff Jarrett isn't big on jobbing, so we'll see what happens. I don't know. I feel like FU 100% has to win this. Has to. I'm really interested to see how this goes. I feel like it's going to be a lot of, like, taunting. Like, them, like, doing yeah. taunts to one another. The crowd just kind of, like, going along for the ride of... Like this is so insane that this is even happening, kind of vibes, you know. I think Jeff can be very entertaining and selling Effie stuff too. So I mean, I think it's gonna be an entertaining match. I don't know how good it'll be, but I think it'll be entertaining. Yeah, uh, on the show, I don't know if you saw any clips, but Jarrett hit Alley Catch over the head with the yeah. guitar and kind of like dragged her around. It was a. Uh... I like that, and and I like his like almost Undertaker dark gimmick that he's got going on too, like. Like I said, with GCW, it's just you can have so much fun. There's just no craziness of like or strict storylines that you have to do this and that. That's why it's like Scotty Too Hotty on one night, and then Jeff Jarrett, and then Ricky Morton, and then we'll have some Bandito and Briscoes, and Two Cold Scorpio, <laughs> and then you know we'll throw in Ninja Mac and Jack Cartwheel and Dante. You know, like it just doesn't matter. Just throw whatever they want. It's 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 wild stuff. Yeah, but it's fun. Hell yeah! Like literally, sure. you know how like they book scramble matches. Their shows are scrambles. Like it's not even. It, there's really a, not a lot of rhyme or reason. I do think that that's hard for some people though. That's why they don't like the Kevin Gills. That's why they want more structure. But it's just not what GCW is. Do I think it would hurt GCW? Not really. I think that some level of mainstreamness and like having like certain pay-per-views that are themed pay-per-views that have like that you look forward to every year, right? Like they have the Nick Gage invitational and things like that, but like a set war games every year, a set, you know, whatever. Like I, I do think they should do stuff like that. Um we definitely we both got Effie though. She has to win that. Yeah. Match. For um, sure. Next one we got is Team Bandito, which is Bandito, Laredo Kid and ASF. Against Team Gringo, which is Gringo Loco, Dem- Demonic Flamita, and Arez. Um, side note: Gringo Loco won both scramble matches on both nights this past weekend, which so, is kind of wild. Like that, I mean, yeah. He's gonna push. Yeah. Now, one of the shows was in Chicago, where he's from. So, like okay. that, like I was kind of like that made a little more sense. And as you saying, Gringo Loco is a great wrestler. He just kind of usually gets kind of lost in the mix with all these other guys and these like six and seven man matches and stuff for GCW. Yeah. But he can really go. And uh, I thought he had a great showing the, those past uh, those past two GCW shows. So he has a lot of momentum heading into Hammerstein, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, who, who do you think wins this uh, the six man match? Gringo's team, like it's just that's kind of what his role is right now. So some of them, yeah, yeah, just keep the momentum going. I'm super excited for a kid like ASF too, like to be able to work in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Like that's so awesome. Like I've seen that kid, you know, work in front of like a hundred people, and now like to go there in New York and Hammerstein, like 
it's awesome. He, and he just started to take off just like he got booked on one GCW and I think Detroit. And then it just like was gone. Then he went to, then he got Cali. And after Cali, it was just like, goodbye. <laughs> um, yeah. I love ASF. Uh, I've, I've compared him to a young Ray Mysterio a few times on this show, which is really high regard. Like I think he's one of the, there's a, there's a handful of guys that I think are really the future of high flying wrestling. And he's one of them. Uh, I got to see Bandito at Terminus. It's the first time I think I've seen him live. And yeah. uh, he's, Huge. yeah, as I say, he's way more physically like impressive in person than he comes Huge. across on TV. Um, especially, I've talked about it before. I don't love the 21 plex. I think it's a really cool move. It just takes a really specific setup. Like I wish he just didn't have to, I wish we didn't see that move as often. I wish that was kind of like a only on pay-per-view type finisher he did or something. But when I saw him do the move live at Terminus, I was like, this is super impressive to see live because you really see how much work it takes for him to do that flip and how much work it takes to bounce off those ropes and lift yep. the dude. You can hear him like really working hard to like make the whole thing work. Um, so I definitely, I mean, obviously respected Bandito and I, I recognize him as one of the top luchadors in the world uh, right now. But um, I uh, I have a newfound respect for him after seeing him live. He, he really came across like a, ma- a major star there. Yeah, like when he wrestled Tony Deppin just recently at the GCW show, um, I mean, huge. And he had all his titles. Like, he looked like – and, you know, there's a big uh, Latino fan base there because of local wrestling and stuff. So, I mean, like, he was over, like, a million bucks. Like, he came across as a star for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there was a, a few, like, Hispanic fans at Terminus that had, like – I don't know if they had a flag with them, but they had like a bunch of signed like uh, Bandito t-shirts and stuff. They, they might've met him at like the meeting group before the show or something. Yeah. But there was like a, like a group of probably like five that were right next to me. And he was over there like hugging them. And like, and I didn't, I didn't know like what level of English he had. He was having like a full conversation in like perfect English. And I, I had no idea his English was so good. Um, yeah. So I was like, damn, this guy could like, I already thought he could be a big star in the U.S., but after hearing him, I was like, he never really cuts promos from, like, the stuff that I see of him, but he could be. Like, I feel like people, if people could get to kind of know who he is better, more than just, like, a guy who looks really cool that does cool moves, he could really be a really big star. And, like, I really think AEW, he'd be can't miss if if they they did it right, you know? Um. So, uh, but anyway, the point is like, he was really cool to his fans. Like he went over and he was like really talking to him and like hugging them. And they were like, dude, Bandito, you're my favorite wrestler. And he was like, oh, thanks guys. Like, thanks for coming out here and supporting, you know, it was, it was cool to see. Um, next match we have the Briscoe, <coughs> excuse me, the Briscoe brothers defending the GCW tag team championships. They of course are also the ROH tag team t- uh, champions, but those aren't on the line. They are against a to-be-announced tag team, which I think we're both assuming is FTR. I I think if you were going to do FTR, you would have announced it already. Like, to me, the whole goal is to sell pay-per-views, right? And I just feel like you would have already have got that thing done. So I think it's it's it, they're hoping people are going to order it thinking it's FTR, but I think it's going to be somebody else, honestly. I don't know who it's going to be, but I don't think it's going to be FTR. If it is FTR, it's fantastic. Couldn't happen in a better place. Couldn't happen in a better venue. I'm all for it. 
but I almost think it's too good to be true. I'm trying to think of like who else could be available. I, Cause I've also seen FTR and I don't know if it's like a red herring to like throw people off, but I've seen them. Is the second Jim- gear crew booked? Um, yeah. Because I don't AJ, see just, AJ yeah. Gray is no longer facing Eddie Kingston because right. Eddie's hurt. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they run that back and do second gear crew in a rematch. I could definitely see that being a possibility. Um, Cause yeah, Matthew justice isn't announced yet for what he's doing on the show. And yeah, AJ, unfortunately he was supposed to wrestle Eddie Kingston. And as you said, Kingston with an injury. So that's a bummer. They'll definitely do that match at some point in the near future though. When Kingston's for sure. Kingston's back, that'll be like the main event of like, you know, some fight TV show soon. I'd imagine. Um, but yeah, that probably makes the most sense. Honestly, doing AJ and Matthew justice against the Briscoes. I don't know if like, I'm trying to think of like, you know, like maybe like an ECW combo or a team that is like still active or good. And cause I was thinking like the Dudleys or something, but like, I'm not saying that that's, I don't think they're in like oh, the shape to God. do, but I'm, but I'm just uh, trying to think. Of no, like I, no, like I, that, I know what you're know? saying. I know what you're saying. I mean, there could be Rhino and maybe somebody or something like that, you know, with the Hammerstein, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like this would have been the perfect time if, uh, if both the members of, um, why am I blanking on the public enemy? Like this would have been like the perfect, if public enemy was still like RIP to rocker, Rocky and Johnny Grunge, they, they both passed away. They were one of my favorite tag teams back in the WCW days, just because like, you know, I was a kid and I, they came out the tables. I thought it was, they came yeah. out the tables before the Dudleys. People forget that. Yep. Um, but, uh, but like GCW would have been like perfect for those guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, RVD people are saying in the chat, RVD and Hammerstein would be really cool. Oh, um, this, I think it'd be cool if like he wrestled, came out with Second Gear Crew just because of the the music. Yeah, like and that Alfonso, would get a huge that would get a huge pop from the crowd. Um, I think Bill Alfonso for sure comes out with those guys. Oh, and yeah. Sabu also because Sabu is a part of the show in Detroit, so yeah. they could easily do RVD and Sabu if Sabu could yeah. actually go. I don't know, but if he could go, that would be pretty sick. Yeah, or maybe they do Sabu and Matthew Justice because like they were. Uh, they like there was you you had to see it, but in Matthew Justice's match with Atticus this past weekend, the finish was four four zero was like holding Sabu hostage pretty much, and that was how Atticus got the low blow and the win on Matthew Justice. And then Matthew Justice did this whole uh, speech about like how big of a legend Sabu is and all this stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I think best case scenario would be FTR. Um, but I also know that FTR and Cornette and, uh, the Briscoes I've seen going off on Twitter with each other, talking about how it should happen on cable TV. And that could also be to throw people off who knows, but, um, so it's hard to make a prediction for the GCW tag team title match. I'll say this, if it's the second gear crew, I'll say that they win the titles back to GCW. But if it's anyone from the outside, I think the Briscoes retain. Yeah, that's fair. Um, speaking of from the outside, we have Jonathan Gresham defending the ROH world title against Blake Christian. I think it's pretty obvious that Gresham will retain. I don't think yep. that that's, uh, you know, that's too tough of a one to, to choose, but 
how do you feel about Blake Christian being the challenger to Gresham for the ROH title? I, it just kind of comes across to me like Blake Christian. I'm not saying he's bad by any means. I think he's a very good wrestler, but I just don't know if he's at like the level that you see like those two guys on a poster and you're like, Oh my God, like this is my dream match. Like, you know, I think that like Bandito and Gresham is a much bigger match because they were both the ROH champions, stuff like that. Like, I just don't think that Blake Christian is that guy, but I also think they're going to have a really good match. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm fine with it. I just, when he talks these promos about how he's going to be the best in the world and all this stuff, I'm just like, okay, good luck. Yeah. I don't think he's a great promo. He's okay, but he's not, he's not great. Um, as, as a talker, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And I, I feel also the same think way just did. because you went to the WWE doesn't make you all of a sudden now that you're out, like you're now the best, like that you were just as good to me that like before you went, then, then just getting released. Like, <laughs> It's like all of a sudden these guys get released and they're like, oh, I'm so much better now. And, it, yeah, you know. Right. Yeah, I, I feel a lot about the same way that you do. It's That reminds me, too, that Alex or uh, um, Alex Zane isn't on the card either as of now. I'd imagine he'll, I imagine he'll be on the show. Maybe he'll be one of the people in the tag match. Who knows? Um, but I will say on uh, over the weekend, Blake Christian – won his match with was it bandito did he just wrestle who did he just wrestle on gcw it's a really good match i know he has wrestled bandito recently i'm trying to remember what I, i'm getting all my shows all all confused yeah, that's so, that, especially where a terminus too so like, yeah GCW's <laughs> terminus. um but he i remember him winning the match with like an arm trap brain buster instead of like his uh front flip double stomp and I liked that going into the Arway's title match. Like, cause I, I think it, he can, the, the double stomp looks cool when he hits it, but I've seen him miss it a few times. And like, it's, it looks really bad if you don't hit it. Um, yeah. I like the brain buster, but that's just me. I think it's pretty clear Gresham will win. And he was another guy, <clears throat> you know, I got to see at Terminus and he's even more impressive live because he's a small guy or short guy, I should say, but in yeah. person you see like he's, freaking yoked i mean yeah like and uh incredible technical wrestler I, I loved his he his match was the main event against uh josh alexander and they went to a draw in the main event uh they there was a double pin but it made sense because you know they didn't want to take the title off of gresham but alexander's also kind of like world title challenger level for impact they had to figure a way to you know, both got to win basically the main event of the show, we have John Moxley defending the GCW World Championship against Homicide. How do you feel about this? And do you think Homicide leaves Hammerstein with the title or does Mox? I think Moxley's going to win. I think you don't hold on to this and make sure that Moxley's the one that faces him unless you possibly plan on using him later on down the road. So I, I just don't see Homicide being the guy could be wrong. Like it could just be like, you know, we just want to make sure we can book our champion and have him on more shows. So it could be homicide, but I, I kind of feel like Moxley's going to win. Uh, 
Tyler said Zane is in the scramble. I don't have the scramble here on my list, so I must just not have. I'm looking at Kate. The scramble, the scramble is on YouTube pre-show, and it's uh, like Ninja Mac, Jack Hartwell, Dante Leon, probably Alex Zane, uh, the weed guy, whatever his the old Grim weed Reefer. Guy. Yeah, Grim Reefer. Yeah, put some respect um, on that man's name. Yeah, you know whatever. Um, but yeah, I think, and then there's like maybe one more. But yeah, he, he okay. So yeah, he's on the scramble. But that's the okay. pre-show on YouTube. Um, Tyler also said Moss wins and Gage returns. I definitely see that happening. I could even yeah. see a scenario where Moxley retains, and then Nick Gage comes out, and they have like an impromptu title match right there, and Gage wins the title for Mox to close the show. Like I could potentially see that happening too. That would be a big way to close the show. Yeah. Yeah. Because Mox or Gage has been really laying low. I mean, Mox has too for different reasons, but Gage has been, he's been laying un, unusually low heading into Hammer's yeah. time. So I think if he was having a match, it would have been announced by now. Oh, yeah. Shout out Nick Wayne. He's, he's awesome. Nick Wayne's in, in the scramble also. The scramble. So that's your scramble. The scramble's oh, yeah. loaded. Yeah. It's that's going to be. Loaded. It's gonna be one of the best matches of the night. I wish that was on pay per view, but I mean, who cares if it's still free on YouTube? Like that's just yeah. as good. It's still in the Hammer's time. People are going well. That's going nuts. For that's it. the match to get people to order the pay per view. You watch right. that match, and then you're just like, okay, we're going live, and people are like, but wait, I need more. All right, here's my money. I got to see more of this. Yeah, exactly. And then the show, you know, yeah. So I'm gonna say that Moxley retains also, but I, I am gonna predict that Gage comes out and. At the very least, he confronts Moxley, but I I think that he'll come out and win the GCW title before the, before the show ends. That's how I feel about it. Nice. So yeah, order the pay per view. Good good show. This is really GCW's like chance to really stick out and take that next step. I also think it's not really allowed to be very violent because of New York State Commission rules. So if you're kind of been turned off because of the deathmatch stuff, this is another show for you to check out because it won't be as gory or brutal. So, yeah, definitely recommend it. Um, I've got a question for you, Stephen. If your name is Walter, why would you need to change your name to Gunther? Dude, I didn't even know that that was for real. I saw, so let me say this. I saw stuff on Twitter, like, I feel like a couple days ago where people were tearing that name to pieces because apparently he, that shares the name with, like, someone who was known, a known Nazi. Um, yeah. Now, I turned off NXT UK or NXT uh, tonight before we went live, and I don't know if he made the announcement before or after the match. I watched the match with Roderick Strong, but it was on mute. So I don't, I, okay. I missed, I missed him actually changing his name but that's what it that's what i think the chat has been saying and i, I tried to yep. find it on twitter just now so so he so so he came out and said my name is gunther like even though he yeah. was announced as walter and everything yeah at the end of the match he announced that his name is gunther and the wwe had filed a trademark for gunther starks and then that's when the fans started looking up gunther starks and they found out that he was like some old nazi general and so at this point, you could pivot and be like, hey, we're not going there. Um, you know, it's clear as day that people know about this name, you know, whether they meant it or not, which I highly think they meant it. But it's the fact that, like, you knew going in what this now means and you went ahead and did it anyways, I think looks really bad. And um, 
I think he's going to go by Gunther Starks as well. So it's not just Gunther, it's Gunther Starks, which just, and not only that, like, why can't he just be called Walter Starks? Why, I mean, like, why do you need to change Walter to Gunther? Like, that's literally pointless. It sounds almost the same. Like, this is just moronic. And it's just because you want to kill that indie Walter and you want to have your own creation. You don't want people to go onto YouTube and search Walter matches. You want them to search Gunther Starks matches. And it's just so stupid, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's very stupid. I, I'd imagine the main reason they're doing it is the whole, you know, they own that. And whenever he inevitably quits the company or his contract runs out, because I'm not going to sit here and advocate for people to lose their jobs. But the second that Vince McMahon gets a hold of, of Gunther, his career is over. Like, he's going to be jobbing to guys like Brock Lesnar. Or, well, he probably won't get in the ring with Brock Lesnar. Let's get real. But right. in comparison to, like... Vincent Man is going to see that guy. He's already seen him before, and the only other time he's had him, he's jobbed him out in that Survivor Series match. I'll never forget that. Braun Strowman pinned him in, like, seconds. That's what Vince thinks of Walter. Now, yep. they're probably thinking, well, Walter's not going to be here much longer, so we'll give him a different name so that, like, you know, basically they're not advertising Walter because then when he uses the name Walter again, when he leaves the company, like, there's, you know, they don't have any part of that. I don't know. I mean, he's been on NXT UK for years in their own company. Yep. I know it's the same thing as also. Um, didn't didn't we talk about like what happens to NXT UK if Walter goes? Like, it sounds like he's leaving. Yeah, yeah. It's uh to NXT UK's credit, they have built a good foundation for like as far as like wrestlers go, because like they have a lot of really good young, really talented wrestlers there, like. Ilya Dragunov and, and Tyler Bate and Nathan Frazier, who was Ben Carter before. Um, I mean, A-Kid and, and Jordan Devlin and uh, Pretty Deadly. And there, there's a lot of really good wrestlers there that have really good matches. But I just don't see what the point of the brand is. Especially, like, like let's say they just took, like, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven and they were like, all right, we're just going to call you uh, just completely different names now that you're on this other, sh- even though we've seen Walter on NXT TakeOver multiple times over the years. Like, we've yep. seen him on this show as Walter. Like, I have a Walter action figure. Walter. Like, right. ringside exclusive Walter figure. Like, you've he's been on TV way too long to change his name. That's just so stupid. And it... And I could understand if you wanted it to be like Kenta and Hideo Itami. Like that is a big, big difference. But yeah. Walter to Gunther, yeah. what are we doing? Like that's just changing the name just to change the name. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how that all goes. They did the same thing with uh, Piper Nevin and calling her Dewdrop. You know, like they're just, yeah. it just doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> whatever and because of this nonsense we do have a a wrestler Mustafa Ali has asked for his release 
He's done it in a really kind of weird way, I think. Like he posted like a little Twitter video clip of like an explanation of why he wanted out. Um, he's listen, like if you're surprised that this isn't working out this long, like it, it's obvious that this hasn't been working out. The retribution thing to me was the final straw. If that didn't work out, then it's just not going to work out there. And I and I just think that there's people that just don't work for the WWE. And there's, and I think a lot of guys think that they can change that place and you can't, it's just what it is. You're not going to change it. And I remember Heyman saying that like one of the guys that's going to make it in this business is Mustafa Ali because he just won't accept his boundaries. And the WWE never took boundaries like, away from him this is what you are this is what we think you are this is what you will be so it makes sense that he asked for his release like i'm i'm fine with that i'm so past the point now to where like i get excited for guys being released and being a free agent like to me it's just like another one another one like they're all talented at this point a lot of these guys that wwe's letting go are talented people because they don't fit that entertainer level of what they're looking for. They fit the pro wrestling level, but they don't really care about pro wrestling as much. They want to be an entertainment company. So, I mean, honestly, one of my favorite WWE matches in probably like the last five years was Kevin Owens, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, and Mustafa Ali in Fastlane, I think it was. That was a good match, Just a- yeah banger of a match and Mustafa Ali looked like a million bucks and he was kind of heading towards getting a major push going to the elimination chamber and then he got a concussion or something and then Kofi took his spot and then that's when Kofi Mania started right so um and he's never really gained it back until he did the retribution thing but that thing ended up being a total dud so I think he's a great wrestler um, I'm a little worried that he wants to do more than wrestling and wherever wrestling company he wants to be at. And I don't know how far he wants to push the boundaries of being like an activist and things like that. Um, but I, I thought he's had some killer stuff in WWE. He had a really good, uh, no DQ match with, uh, Buddy Murphy. I remember he cut this like a normal promo to hype up his match with Samoa Joe, like on the streets of Chicago, which was really good. He's had some really good matches, highly athletic guy. Um, you know, and a lot of people don't know, but like he was on the indies too. Like he was wrestling Sammy Guevara at Wrestle Circus, um, things like that. So he could make it in the indies for sure if he wanted to do that. Um, I think AEW would be a good fit for him. It's just, man, there's just so many people on that roster at this point. I just don't know. Like, how if you're kind of tired of not being used and not being um, portrayed the way you want to be portrayed, I don't know if AEW necessarily is the best place for you either because, like, they might be able to fit you in maybe three times a month, you know? Like, I don't know. So, yeah. Um, Shout out to – I'm actually wearing a shirt right now. Craig Mitchell, independent wrestler. He was actually the one that was doing a lot of the – the camera work and putting together a lot of those promos for Ollie, like throughout when he was like going to do his return and the whole kind of, he was doing almost like a vigilante type thing for a minute where he was like out on the streets, like trying to like, you know, help out. 
Um, and Craig Mitchell was was a big part of putting all that stuff together, which is really cool. Ali's really big in, in the Chicago scene. Like he'd be yep. a main event guy immediately on any Chicago indie. And and really in AEW, I think him and CM Punk in Chicago would be huge. Um, That'd be a dope open challenge where nobody would know. And then Ali came out. That would be sick. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know that it's been reported or at least speculated on. I don't know to what degree, but there's people saying that it could have been a some sort of dispute or argument with him and Vince could have been like the, the straw that broke the camel's back recently. Like Vince might've wanted him to do something that he was not comfortable, Wasn't doing. comfortable with. Yeah. And have you ever heard the story that Patrice, do you remember Patrice O'Neill, the comedian that yeah. died years yep. ago? Yep. Um, one of the funniest people I've ever heard in my entire life. And the guy, you know that why? Got, Cause he didn't give a damn he didn't care at all. <laughs> well, and he was a, he was a fairly regular on Opie and Anthony when, you know, they were in their peak and yeah um but have you ever heard this story because you know he was a writer for WWE for like two weeks for years for years, for years. i did not know that yeah for that. for a very short time so it's funny because like now because you know i've become friends with jamie kilstein over the years too and stuff and he said that like jamie said that at one point he used to like <clears throat> like ride New York subways to Patrice O'Neill's house to like trade ECW VHSs and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. Amazing. But <clears throat> Patrice, Patrice, <clears throat> Patrice was a big wrestling fan and he, uh, and he wound up becoming a writer for like two weeks and it didn't work out because they just weren't receptive. I, to, like his I can understand. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> but he said that there was a while there where he was like always with Vince for like two weeks. Like when he went on the, the private jet, like he was in the same section up at the front with Vince. Like when he, when Vince wow. was in his office, he was on like the, the small table. And I'm not saying that this is what Vince did with, with Mustafa Ali. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm just saying, according to Patrice O'Neill, there have been things that have happened such as there was a story years ago that I remember him telling. And I have a little bit of a transcript up of, of it just, for reference, but basically you remember the wrestler Tiger Ali Singh back in like the early two yeah. thousands. Yeah. Um, he used to wear the turban to the ring and mm-hmm. apparently at one point he went to Vince and was like, Hey Vince, like I really, and Patrice was witness to this. And this guy goes and tells Vince like, Hey, I'm like really uncomfortable with some of these angles here. Like you're, you're keep calling my turban stupid. They keep calling it like a stupid hat or something. And he's like, this is like, really important to me and he was apparently like totally respectful about it and vince was like shut up and put on the turban and yeah. then the guy and the guy was like well no he like kind of fought it and he's like shut up and put on the stupid turban and he's like you know what go tell dealer to put on the stupid turban too and like that's you know they were a tag team for a while yeah. and they were wearing tur- and like that's what vince that's vince didn't care like i think the line was uh you and D'Lo are going to put on those effing turbans and I don't give a shit about desecration. Is <laughs> apparently what Vince said to, to this guy. So like, I'm not only laughing because of how crazy that sounds, but yeah. like, but that's, that's just kind of who we're dealing with. Right. Like I'm not saying right. that it had anything to do with Ali. I'm just saying that like, it isn't out of the realm of possibility that Vince might've brought up an idea that a wrestler was uncomfortable with. And they were like, nah, not cool with this. And he didn't care. You know what I mean? So, I'm I'm just saying like it's just I also feel like Vince wants people to be uncomfortable and he wants to see how you like 
react to being uncomfortable, putting yes. you in weird situations. So if you tell him as a live performer that you don't want to do this or that you refuse to do this, that immediately, no matter what it is, is going to be a red flag to him. So I'm not saying that's right at all. I'm not. And I do think that, and I think part of WWE's problem is, is that we have a lot of people doing things that they're not comfortable with. And it's obvious. It it shows. It's not believable. Um, so I, I definitely think because of his ego, he won't allow people to sometimes do things in their comfort zone. Um, and, and, I, and I think that that's a huge issue. I mean, we've seen Muhammad Hassan. We've mm-hmm. seen Davari. We've seen the way that they want to portray some of these characters. Well, and the Hassan so, thing happened on tape. Like, they could have not even shown it because that happened on a SmackDown. Remember? Because, right. like, the timing with, like, the reason he got let go because the Undertaker terrorist thing right like they could have totally just not even shown it because it was pre-taped and they showed it anyways (laughs) and it was it was uncomfortable even as a kid like it it just it 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 went too far it was memorable though i'll give you that it was memorable but um i do think vince is very big into the stereotype thing but i just think that that's also his era and that's just what it was and I think that he didn't get a lot of pushback necessarily back in the day. And so when people do push back on things now, because things aren't as acceptable as they used to be, there's a lot more uh, stuff out there to where why, why things are offensive or whatever. And so, like, it's just an ego, man. It's just like going up and telling him no. Like, I just don't see that working very well. And then – Reports are that like he asked for a little bit of time off because he had a baby, but I mean he's been gone for a long time now, so I don't know how it's gonna work. I also think they just said in the chat that Roderick Strong's pro wrestling tees just went back up, and he just lost to Walter. I think we're I think we're heading towards another batch of cuts here soon. Yeah, I. I think it'll be an ongoing thing for a while until they have a very small roster. Cause I've said it a yeah. lot for the, the direction their company is going and you don't need many wrestlers. Um, I feel like, I feel like mania will be the very beginning to the end of the brand extension. Once they get the belts solidified as one title, cause it's going to be Brock and Roman and they're both going to have the title. Once they get the belt solidified as one title, then that will be, and they might do that with like whoever the Raw Women's Champion and SmackDown Women's Champion is, whoever the tag team titles, like the whole WrestleMania theme could just be unification for all the titles. And then the brand extension is done. And then whatever wrestlers that you decide you don't need will all be released and they'll go on and, and that'll be it. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, Let's yeah. get to some super chats, and then yes. we'll jump into uh, to our final topics, which basically is Cody, and then we'll uh, go over the <laughs> UFC card. Yes, thank you very much for the super chats. So we're gonna get to every single one of them right now. If you have others you want to, <clears throat> excuse me, I keep losing my voice today. <clears throat> if you have others you want to send, uh, we'll make sure to get to those as we go through these. We'll get through all the super chats, then we'll get into the talk about Cody 
And then, uh, of course, if you, have, if you have super chats that have to do with Cody, we'll talk about that too. So, yes, for sure. And uh, if you haven't hit that like button, please do. Definitely appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Dirty, thank you for the super chat, man. Um, do you think Wardlow is good enough in the ring to be a main eventer? Um, I think he is in the WWE. I think in AEW, it's a little bit different. It's a different type of brand. I think he can get away with it for a little bit because he is so different than the others. But I don't think that that would be like a long-term um, thing that the AEW fan base would accept. Yeah, that makes sense. I I think that long-term, he for sure is a main eventer for them. Uh, it's just a matter of getting more reps in, you know, uh, I think he does well for what he's doing right now. At some point he'll have to have like long matches or longer matches, but he showed a lot, even in his first match with Cody in that cage in Atlanta last year. Um, yeah. You know, that was, you know, he, so, and he's only gotten better since then. Right now he just kind of goes out and just power bombs people for the most part. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to get a gauge for eight it. times actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, but how do you feel about that, by the way, with Punk? I, I literally called that exact finish to the people I was watching the show with as it was happening. Right right when I realized he had been, CM Punk had been powerbombed like three or four times, I was like, he's going to catch him in some like small package yeah. eventually. Like, yeah, I, I thought that, but the problem I had, I just thought there was just too many. Like, I think they should have done two or three in the ring, one to the outside, the end. Yeah. Um, I get why they did it because MJF is a heel and he's evil and he just wanted more and more and more and more. But I mean, at some point after taking that many, the roll-up shouldn't even be a factor. Like he should just be so ineffective that he's just done. He has nothing. So, and then it also made me feel like, man, Punk is never going to lose like clean (laughs) unless like, it's dire circumstances because he just took eight freaking power bombs and still won the match. And I get the gimmick, I get it, but yeah, it kind of felt overbooked. I'm not gonna lie. And I also, this kind of has like those like the last of Jericho vibes where it was like, okay, you have to face Wardlow, and now you have to face Sean Spears, and like, is it always gonna be this to get to MJF? You're gonna have to go through. Um, whatever their group is. I totally forgot. It's pinnacle. been a while. Pinnacle, right. You're going to have to go through the pinnacle to get to MJF. That just kind of was like, eh. I honestly, I was pretty let down by Dynamite. Like I just, just the matches in general, the feuds that were being set up, I'm just kind of like, eh, it's okay. I thought the crowd sucked. I don't know what was going on in North Carolina that week, but like they just weren't into the show like like a normal dynamite. And I think that hurt a lot too. I, Cause like the first time Adam Cole and Britt Baker are like seen together and it's just kind of like a, like I thought that should be a huge reaction. And, um, and, and, and part of me was getting excited because Adam Cole was coming to the ring. He was supposed to be kind of the number one contender. I'm like, Oh man, he's going to call out hangman page. Like, yes, let's get this going. And then it's like, yeah, we're doing the best friend stuff again. I'm like, all right. And then, like, Hangman comes out, and I'm like, oh, you know, he's going to have his challenger. And it's like, Lance Archer. Like, okay. Like, I don't mind that. I definitely don't want that to go to the pay-per-view. But if that's just going to be, like, a cool dynamite, then I'm cool with it, whatever. Um, 
And then, like, we, we keep getting FTR and the Briscoes talking trash to each other. I really feel like FTR should be the tag team champions. Jurassic Express is the tag team champions right now. And then, like, they're facing Arn Anderson's kid and Lee Johnson. And, uh, like, that – it just – there's just a lot of, like, underwhelming stuff that they kind of do this when they're just trying to get by to the next pay-per-view. Like, the next pay-per-view is, like, March 6th. So it's just kind of like, okay, let's come up with some filler stuff to get us there. Is this kind of how I – I took it. Yeah, which I'm fine with. Like they can't they can't go out there and have like a pay-per-view level show every single week. So I'm okay which with that. I, it's not necessarily like I wanted a pay-per-view show. I just want I want better feuds. I want better buildup. Like not everything just needs to be matches. Like like just the idea of someone coming out and starting the show on a promo. I think sometimes it's a good thing. Like I know that happens in WWE and stuff, but AEW usually delivers on that end. Like I think Cody should start the show tomorrow. There's a lot of controversy about Cody. We know Cody's coming back. I think Cody should start the show. That immediately draws your attention. It's not just to have some match, just to have some match, and then like, and then you're you're on the ride. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I, and I, I also agree with something you said earlier about Archer. Like I really like the idea of Archer versus Hangman. Um, but I like the idea if it is on Dynamite or Rampage for the title. Like not that it. Yep. I do think we'll get Adam Cole and, and Adam Page as the pay-per-view. Um, as, as do you think that's pump. the main event? I think so, because they've, they've talked about Cole being the number one contender or the number one ranked guy a few times now, and I feel like I feel like they wouldn't be talking about that if that wasn't where it was heading eventually. So, do you feel like, though, that like him and Orange Cassidy have to like finish in some type of way? They could do that before March, though, I think. No, for sure. Yeah, because sure. like, you wouldn't have to do a whole lot of build for Hangman and Adam Cole outside of like a few weeks, with especially with all their backstory they already have. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, what other Super Chats we got? Let's see. I think we're on the – yeah, okay. Um, Michael, appreciate it. Sorry about your Patriots, man. That was a rough one. Um with Brody King joining the House of Black, do you guys have any predictions on who else could be added to the faction? I think it's possible that um, Julia Hart joins. Because, like, she's yeah. been, like, you know, like, I, getting misted like and stuff. If they fall, you know, they I could. You know, it, it's one of those things where I don't think she really adds a whole lot to Pillman and um, Griff Garrison. Yeah, I and, agree with that. And it would be interesting to see them take someone who was kind of like this really clean cut cheerleader and kind of transform her into this like dark disciple of Alistair Bla- or Malachi Black. Um, and I feel like the transformation has started where like she's got the the eye patch and like yeah, all, all, almost similar to the Fiend and Alexa Bliss. Not I'm not not the same way, but similar in the way of like him kind of getting in her head and like her actually liking what is happening kind of thing. Yeah. I I've, I've always thought that I thought like maybe the mist would like go in her brain. And then I kind of felt like that the mist, whoever he missed should possibly turn to him. Like oh, that's like a zombie. Too, right. That's the thing too. Like with pack, right. Cause he got misted and now he can't see. And he's now like a daredevil, which I'm not so sure. I love the idea that like pack being blind wrestling, but whatever, we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, she's she's interesting. I, I I'm not I'm not sure. I 
I think she would have to be really committed to being evil to make this thing work. And it can't come across as just her like trying to be evil, you know, like it's got to really be believable. And I don't know if she has that in her yet. Yeah. The other one that obviously comes up a lot is Bray Wyatt, but I I don't know. Um, I don't know what his status really is right now. I don't see Bray playing second fiddle to anybody. Like I feel like Bray would be a leader of anything if he comes back. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, good question, though. But I guess Julia Hart is kind of like the front runner of, of kind of things that would make sense based on the story we're in right now. And also, shout out to Brody King. He got a that was cool. Like the crowd knew who he was, but like he was getting Brody King chance before he came out, which I've said about AEW a lot. And, you know, it's just the, the idea that Brody King really he hadn't been on any mainstream wrestling before. He'd been with Ring of Honor, was like the biggest thing, like he'd really been a part of as far as like a fan base that would, that would a fan base would see. And just, just because even there was enough people there in the crowd going Brody King, it makes the other people that don't know, they're like, okay, Brody, like what's Brody King? Like, and then like there's anticipation, the dude shows up and he's huge and he's covered in tattoos and he looks like he fits in perfect with Malachi. And all of a sudden AEW has made you care about somebody that a lot of people probably didn't even know about, but now they're invested based on like one appearance. So I, I thought, yep. thought the debut was well done. So a guy that I think could possibly be in that group that would do very well is Killer Cross. Yeah, Jerry that's a good Cross. call. Yeah, that's a good call. That would make a lot of sense. He's Especially- all padded up. He's really into that <laughs> evil demonic type stuff. They're both into that cinematography type stuff. Those three together, that would be a pretty badass faction. I like that idea a lot. That's uh, that that's way up there for me. I, I I think that they should do that, and it also keeps Cross from being like the main guy of that too. Because if you have like him right. and Brody teaming or something as a team, and you don't have to have Cross having, I don't think he's a great singles wrestler. I think he's okay. Yeah, I think he'd be better in limited, you know, tag team matches where he just goes out there and does does his thing and tags in and out and. Uh, I think him and Brody could be an interesting tag team. I know that I know that Malachi and Brody team on the Indies and in PWG and stuff, but Malachi's clearly, you know, he's clearly like the superstar of like that group, you know. So I mean, I think he would be like the perfect muscle, the perfect yeah. muscle of the group. Um, so yeah, I, I like that idea with him. Yeah. Um, from ECW Hardcore 07, dude, they changed Walter's name to Gunther Stark. I hope you leave Sports Entertainment Land sooner rather than later. Uh, yeah, we've talked about it. I don't, I don't get it. And I mean, it sounds like he's willing to do whatever you know to to do what the company wants, and we'll just we'll see what happens. I mean, in my opinion, Walter is everything that the WWE would want. I don't understand why he wouldn't be like one of their top guys, especially when they're really lacking top talent. I mean, like, like I think a Walter Drew McIntyre like legit feud would be really good. Like, I think Walter and Roman would have amazing matches. But you've got to be able to put these guys over, and you've got to be able to make them look like real threats. He can't just go in there be the guy in NXT come up to the main roster and lose to Jeff Hardy or whatever. Like, and I know he's not there anymore, but I'm just saying in general, just that the, type kill, of the carrying cross situation. Yeah. Right. Like have Walter show up and then lose <laughs> to ricochet. Like, like it just makes no sense. And I don't care if it's because you want to test them or whatever. Like 
credibility does matter and you've got to be able to keep some of it to keep people interested. I legitimately think that once Vince is in charge of your career, if you're a guy that looks like Walter or Keith Lee, something like that, you yeah. get compared in Vince's mind to like Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns yeah. and John Cena and these bigger dudes who are like way more established or more aesthetically look a lot more impressive. Like Brock Lesnar looks like a way more, you know, when you just the looks test, you look at Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and you're like, these guys are freaking monster pro athletes. You see Walter and like, once you see him wrestle, you get it. But like, I think Vince to him, to him, it's like Walter's the next monster. Okay. But he isn't Brock. He isn't Roman. He isn't Cena. He, you know, I just I don't think he sees it the same way, and they, these guys just get pigeonholed, and then they get told to wrestle completely differently, like like Keith Lee when he was there. Like they just let me put it this way: if they don't know what to do with Keith Lee and his his run went the way that it did, Walter's doomed because yeah, like as as entertained as I am by Walter's style of wrestling, like Keith Lee was out there doing flips and dives and throwing people all over, and it's like. In comparison, Walter's pretty one-dimensional. You know what I mean? Like Vince, if Vince couldn't think of something to do with Keith Lee, he's gonna have no idea what to do with Walter. So. Not only that, in my opinion, I think Walter's even more behind <clears throat> because he is a foreigner, and Vince will label him as only this, <clears throat> and right. he he won't have much more to do. So, you know, Gunther Starks could be some freaking general. I'm not saying a Nazi for crying out loud, <laughs> right. but just some Jeez. type of like war general that's like very you know few words and it just it's gonna be awful it's gonna be really bad and we all know it but walter's a heck of a talent i mean imagine like prime brock lesnar versus walter like that would have been incredible like if you treated walter just as big of a threat as brock and you had them wrestle and like they actually had like a 15 20 minute match walter would be made it's that simple like let him destroy people in NXT call them up to the main roster have him face brock and let them go to war and you have a new superstar in your hands but they they don't do stuff like that i don't get it yeah i think yeah i think walter's or, um gunther is doomed so yeah, so uh, we have a super chat, but it goes about UFC. So let's talk about Cody real quick, and then we'll get into the UFC card. Um, I kind of thought this whole story was a dud, honestly. Like, um, no offense to Sean Ross Sapp or anything, but he was hyping this story up, and I was like, oh, my God, what is it? You know, and then it was like, <laughs> Cody's a free agent. And I was just kind of like, hmm, okay. But he's also advertised for this week's Dynamite, and – uh he also had to miss because he was positive for coronavirus so like it's not like he just intend has been holding out or something and now we find out so that part was kind of like yeah hey, whatever um the only thing interesting to me is if it was really that big of a priority wouldn't you've got this thing done like if 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 everything was just if you were both so happy and there would be no issues. Like, can't you just fax this thing over? He signs it and it's a done deal. Like, why why wait out free agency? So that's that's the only thing where it kind of makes me go, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how to 
feel about a lot of it because at the end of the day, I'm confident he'll just stay with AEW and like it's really like you know not even a negotiating tactic, but for whatever reason, <laughs> for whatever reason, he hasn't uh, at least and as far as we know, he hasn't resigned. But there's a lot of layers with that too. Like, does that mean that? you know, he could very well still be in an EVP role and like, just not be a contracted wrestler and just like take time off wrestling soon if he wanted to, and like still be involved with AEW and the, the TNT show and the TBS shows that he does and all that. Like, because another, there's a lot another of- way it could be is no EVP. And maybe that's one of the holdups is that they just want him to be a wrestler and the EVP is no longer on the table. So then it's like, uh, this isn't what we agreed to. You know, like, I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Yeah. I think Tony Khan would be incredibly foolish to not keep Cody in an EVP role. Cody wants to stay in EVP. Like, that's... Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. I, and a part of me honestly thinks that they wanted this news to get out there just to create even more buzz around the whole idea of, like, the fans have turned on Cody. Now they are going to think he might be heading to the WWE and they're already booing him. And they're just going to build it even more to whenever he hits that pedigree and the whole story that they've been building and stuff. So like, do you like the idea of possibly because it's a new contract that he won't sign a new contract unless he's able to challenge for the title, like to go back on his word. And then that's like a way that they could do it. Yeah, I actually saw Jesse tweet something. Yeah, which, yeah, bas- yeah basically similar to that. Yeah, basically that like he said he could never challenge for the title as long as he was under AEW contract, but the loophole is he's not under contract anymore. Yeah, I mean, then the other side of it, which I just, they won't do uh, for multiple reasons, but man, if they would have had Cody pop up in that Royal Rumble... <laughs> Like, no. <laughs> I mean, even, even even if you didn't sign to the WWE, like if you yeah. could make an actual deal with the WWE between WWE and AEW and go, look, you want to do something cool for the fans where everyone's going to win at the end of the day. Like we give you Cody from the Royal Rumble to WrestleMania and in exchange, um, you know, you just basically plug AEW in some way. Like, you know, the, the, how, however they want to do it. Similar to Jericho going on the Steve Austin podcast, like, we know they work for a different company, but like you know them from here. It'd, it'd be different if it was like Kenny Omega, who never had a WWE run. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not counting his developmental at all. I know someone might nitpick that, but like it'd be different. But like if it was someone like Moxley or Jericho or Cody, like they have they have history in the company, similar to Mickey James. Like most people who see Mickey James in the Royal Rumble are probably not even going to realize she's with Impact Wrestling, unfortunately. Like they're, they're, I think they're, that's the, why she wants to bring the belt, because right. otherwise people would have no idea. And at least by her bringing the belt, they're going to be like, what title is that? And then they can look it up and see, Ex- you know. Exactly. That, that's the win for Impact Wrestling, like, uh, yeah, playing along definitely. with all this, is definitely. that exposure. Um, so I think it'd be cool as hell if Cody did the Royal Rumble in WrestleMania, and they made it really vague as to like how long he was going to be staying, but... Um, I, I think it's unrealistic that that would happen, but I think it's like, you know, I think that Tony Khan would be totally down to do something like that. It'd just be up to Vince and the WWE is like, as if they wanted to do it or not. But I, like I said, I legitimately think a lot of the reason that the news came out was, 
I'm not saying like Sean obviously reported accurate news. Like Sean's the man. Like I'm never gonna say yeah, that. No, that. Yeah, no, yeah. Not, nothing no, nothing. No, 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 no. I know you were saying that either. I'm just saying like a part of me almost feels like whoever told Sean that is was telling him that, knowing like, all right, similar like this to the CM Punk news, right? I think the, I think AEW wanted the CM Punk news out there so that when they yeah. went to Chicago, that was the anticipation. I think that they they want certain stories out there for various reasons. And it's very possible. Someone told Sean, like told him the truth, like that Cody is a free agent, but like behind the scenes, Cody and Tony have this worked out. Like he might be a quote unquote free agent, but like realistically he isn't going anywhere. And this is all just to further the the whole story and everything. So. I mean, to me, the perfect deal would be that Cody goes to the Royal rumble and that the new day faces the elite at double or nothing or whatever. That that would be like the perfect trade off because everybody everybody knows the elites wanted to face the new day forever. They're not really doing a lot. I, I think Austin's injured actually right now, but um, uh, uh, I still think in down the road when they're all healthy, I think that that would be pretty cool and a fair trade and it wouldn't really affect much because it's three on three you know what i mean it's not like one on one and whatever so i think that would be cool yeah i also think it's just beneficial for wwe if cody just showed up just just for them just to get buzz they would get buzz anything could happen the forbidden door has officially been busted wide open and we know that the wwe and tony khan have talked because they've contacted him to get them uh the wrestlers that he has employed to be involved in WWE documentary type shows for the network and stuff. So they have contacted him. So I wonder if it's, you know, well, I want this. Okay. Well, I want this and then yeah, see what happens. But um, I think that's really cool too. If Tony actually agrees to it, because I mean, if you can add, you know, John Moxley and Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, whatever, on to future up and coming documentaries. Like, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's the, the, the buzz factor is the real win there. Like you said, is the idea of getting fans like ourselves to tune in again because we know that there's a chance that cool things can happen and unpredictable things can happen. Like in the Monday Night Wars, when you were watching these shows and you were like, the forbidden door wasn't open, but there was so much free agency back then that you like, you just, it felt like every week someone was popping up from the other company and vice versa and stuff. And with, with, with this, it would just be cool to know that even if it wasn't happening every week or even every month, just knowing like, damn it, the Royal rumble, like they had Cody. So yeah. I got to watch raw because if they let Cody show up, they, they, anyone could show up at any point. I got to watch the show. Well, and, then it's like, I've got to watch Mania just in case there's something that happens, or I've got to do the, you know, like it, it all of a sudden makes it feel like a must see show when it hasn't felt that way in forever. So um, it, it, it's really just their ego getting in the way. I mean, I don't, I, I honestly feel like if the WWE called them up and said, look, we're getting all this buzz right now that Cody could possibly show up at the Royal Rumble, what do you think? What do you think? Cody can go in there and we'll give him like 10 minutes. Um, He'll get eliminated by one of our top guys and he can stare him down. 
possibly look to set up something which we don't plan on actually doing, but that the fans will feel like it could happen and then let's call it a day. What do you think? I, I think they would do it. The the biggest thing they could do, but I don't know what Triple H's health is like right now. I don't I you know he had like I, the, I don't think it's well. Yeah. I, I but like imagine like a healthy Triple H like isn't even in the Royal Rumble, like comes out and eliminates Cody. And then it's like you got Triple H versus Cody at Mania. Like that would Huge. be even, maybe even <laughs> maybe even Randy Orton. I, that's always one that people want to see because he was part of that faction. And then like Cody went and became a bigger star. And then like, you know, him and Orton, I think that would be really cool. Yeah. And Cody still to this day credits Randy Orton as like the most important guy in his wrestling career ever. So yeah, I think they would both be totally down to do something like that. One but, other yeah. one that, that I hear that people like to float around. We know he's friends with Conrad. We've heard rumors of Conrad and Jarrett possibly starting a wrestling promotion. A lot of people say it's BS, whatever, but it, it doesn't go away, the rumor. If Cody were to not go back to AEW, I would be interested if he started another wrestling company with Conrad because I do feel like Cody views wrestling in a different way than necessarily Tony Khan or the Young Bucks, the other EVPs. So... I think Cody's a much more old school guy. I think there really is a home for old school wrestling, not in a sense of like NWA and not in a sense of like boring matches, but much more just of a serious tone, more of a serious um, vibe. Not a lot of Dan Housen, Orange Cassidy, stuff like that. I'm not crapping all over them or anything, but it's just, it's for a certain type of people. And I feel like there's a lot of people that would rather watch just like professional wrestling. And I feel like with all the free agents out there, if Cody truly wasn't that happy in AEW and he had the opportunity to start another wrestling company and have more freedom and really run the thing, um, I think that that would be interesting as well. Yeah. Oh, I'd be very interested in something like that. Um, but at the end of the day, I really don't think he's leaving AEW. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I'm with you. There. It, it's just my mind is wondering. Sure. But like, I really don't want to see him to go to the WWE like full time. Like, I think that's just the biggest waste of time. It's a huge step down. They're going to treat him like crap. It, it might be great for like three months and then it's <coughs> over, you know, like it, Cody ain't going straight to Roman Reigns. I promise you that. And if he does, he's going to get completely squashed. And then it's like on to mid card city. Well, that would have that'd be like really the only. I mean, you never know what the amount of money someone might throw, like because that's part of the speculation is like some of the reports about how much money some of the wrestlers because WWE is obviously cutting a lot of people, but the ones that they're fighting to keep are getting massive yeah. contracts right now. Yes, yes, and they are. They're probably off. They'd probably offer Cody something humongous, but yeah. I think a part of that would have to be Cody being like, "Look, I left." Last time, because of my position on the show, 100, like I wanted to be a WWE lifer. I never wanted to leave. You'll have me dressed up like Stardust, and you you kept promising me stuff that never happened. If I'm coming over, like I set it up to where I could never win the world title in AEW, but I want to be the WWE champion. Like if I'm coming in, I need the WWE title. So no matter who has the belt, doesn't matter. But like I gotta, I gotta win the title while I'm there. I also think yeah. he would want the rights to some of the WCW pay-per-view names. I think that would be part of the deal. That'd be pretty sick. 
But then what would he do with them? Like, I guess if he left again, then he'd have the right yeah. to. Yeah. That's that's his dad's property. So he wants them. So I could see that. Yeah. Because I feel like Cody's going to be involved in the business after he's not wrestling anymore. And if he owned those names, then definitely it would uh, help out. I, I, it's weird, though, right? Because I really do feel like that the Bucks and Kenny are on one page. And I feel like Cody's kind of on another. And I just don't know how long this marriage lasts. Like, And, and that's why I really like the idea of Cody versus Hangman. Because it's kind of like Cody feuding with an elite member again. And I just... That was such a great time. That was such a great time in, in, in pro wrestling that I would love to get those vibes again. Yeah, I, but at the same time, <clears throat> we really legitimately don't know or have any real reason to believe that those guys aren't as tight as they were when AEW started. Like, we just don't, they just don't show this that on camera anymore. And I think that was a conscious decision of, like, Cody separating himself from the elite so that the elite could be hangman or uh, omega and the bucks but they've left it wide open for and they've kind of teased it over time too that like eventually cody will get into the end of stories with these guys but i think that's money yeah and I, I, that's my thing is i just don't i think a lot of the speculation about him not getting along with other evps and stuff like that i'm sure they have arguments just like anyone else does at work but I think that stuff was really blown way out of proportion by by the rest. I'm not necessarily saying that they don't, but either they've really like gone out of their way to make it seem like they have, or because like none of them, not one, was shown in Roads to the Top. None of them, and they showed MJF even like they showed MJF, who was supposed to be his like arch rival, and they showed him. Um, Cody made a statement when he was on Sammy's blog, like, I'm not interested in being anybody's blog crew. That that ends in nothing but heartbreak. So there's been little hints here and there that they're not all on the same page. And, like, they literally never – you never see them around each other. There's no comments. There's no backstage pictures. There's nothing. It's like – and before, like, they were all together all the time, hugging it out, and it just – it feels like – there's some type of rift. Yeah, we'll see. But interesting times. Interesting times. But I do think that another wrestling company could get some... Uh, it sounds ridiculous, but there's just so many free agents out there. And I and I kind of think that it would give AEW more structure to where it's not just going to be always just kind of like off the cuff and we're just going to do whatever. Like I feel like that it will just have more of a pace and a plan um, because they have really, because in my opinion, they don't have a lot of competition in pro wrestling. Like WWE to me is not pro wrestling. It's sports entertainment, right? So like pro wrestling wise, like when you're the king and nobody's really coming after you, you can kind of just do whatever you want. So it'd be interesting if like all of a sudden, you know, this show had a great, AEW had this great show, but then this show like really had an amazing show. And then how Tony Khan would counteract to that. You know what I mean? So, interesting times. Yeah. Um, let's do some UFC predictions before we get out of here because we got about 10 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris Warden sent a super <laughs> chat on that. He said, Evening, guys, in my opinion, this week's UFC pay-per-view card looks pretty weak. 
Do you think Dana White did that so he can prove that Francis isn't a big draw? Um, Dana is kind of petty like that, but I really don't think that's the case. I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of feel like that that's what's going to happen for now on. I feel like that they have they are at that point to where they've raised their stock on the brand so much that the brand is just selling itself. They raised the pay-per-view price. Mm-hmm. They've they've done um like if you look at the next card after that which is in Houston, it's not very good at all. Like the co-main event is Derek Lewis and Ty uh, to Ivasa, which I mean, it's a good fight, but there's no like Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz, Dustin Poirier, or something like big time. <laughs> Who's um, the main event? That is Izzy and Whitaker. Oh, okay. Which is a great main event, but yeah. literally everything else down is not that impressive at all. And so, I think Whitaker definitely deserves the shot, but their first fight was fast. Yes. Um, I, I think I think it's gonna be about five to six really big pay-per-view cards. And the other ones are just gonna be title fights, you know. I'm super looking I'm looking forward to Masvidal Colby like nobody's business. Like I yeah. love that fight. I love that story. It's probably my most anticipated fight this year so far. Um and not necessarily for the quality of fight, but just for the the story, the pay-per-view, it just yeah. feels big time when it's still that one pretty much like a number one contender level fight too, for the division. Yeah. Like, so there's a lot of stakes involved in the history. Yeah. I love that matchup. Yeah. Love the fight. Um, so yeah, but, I, but honestly, like I kind of expect some weak cards, uh, in the future. Yeah. It's interesting how they're doing it too, because all the ESPN plus shows and stuff, all the non pay-per-view events, they really seem to be, Sometimes they're they're like low key bangers. Like they have really good matchups, but the star power is really lacking on their free shows now. And their pay per views, they're usually doing more than one title fight now. But then the rest of the card is like they're selling it based on the UFC brand, like you said, and then basically promising that there's going to be a title fight on every pay per view. Um, yep. Is, is Masvidal and Colby going to be a main event though, non title? It sounds like it, yeah. Non-title five round, five round. Uh, so main I event. wonder if the co-main will be a, a a title fight. I don't know what that card looks like yet. Yeah, um, you maybe get the Volkanovski zombie. Is that one on that one? I think they're doing Volkanovski zombie and um, Jan and Sterling on the same show. So that's like I think that's probably the April show then. Yeah, I think you're right. So. I'm sure um, they'll come up with something, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really think these cards are going to be stacked like they used to be for a while, at least. They got to get some more names, um, some more buzz. Yeah. Well, as far as the the show itself, and that just to speak of that, and it kind of works out good because we're running low on time, anyways. The really yeah. the only two fights <clears throat> that I think are really worth deep diving on right now are the main event and the co-main event. Um, yeah. Shout out to Michelle Pereira and Andre Felio. Uh, They'll like I like watching M- Michelle Pereira fight a lot. He's the dude who goes out and does like lion salts off the cage yep. and stuff. Um, Guy's a nut. And uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov is fighting Cody Stamen, and of course Nurmagomedov is, you know, when you have that last name and you're in the UFC, people notice. So yep, you know, sure. could be some good fights. Those are the only two uh, other two main card fights. They were supposed to be Alexi Olenek and Greg Hardy, and both guys are off the show now. 
So, (laughs) so yeah. Um, so that said, uh, really quick, just for anyone who wants to tune in on Saturday night, I'll be doing Fightful Fight Night, UFC 270, youtube.com slash Fightful. Um, Doug, I don't know if your plans have changed because of football or not, but... Um, it's up in the air. We'll so see. Doug, Doug may be with me. Um, I know I'll have Rob Wilkins there, uh, my buddy Romeo, who I've met through SP3 and the True, True Hill Heat shows. Um, good dude who really knows a lot about MMA. So I'm happy to have him on. And then Sean Ross Sapp usually jumps in too. So we'll have a, a crew of people there. And then of course, Doug is welcome to join if he's free. So y'all can uh, watch that along with us. We'll be live for Brandon Marino versus Divas and Figueredo, as well as Nganu versus Gone. So the last two fights will be live. YouTube.com, YouTube.com slash Fightful. Um, Dirty, I I agree. I do think Colby Covington will beat Jorge Masvidal. Um, that's my yeah, prediction as well. For sure. Um, so for the co-main event, Doug, we got Brandon Marino having a trilogy against Divas and Figueredo. The flyweight titles on the line. Marino, of course, had the draw with Figueredo in their first fight. He beat him in the second fight decisively. And neither guy has fought since, but they're running the trilogy. Um, we've talked about this before. There wasn't a lot of options at flyweight right now, unfortunately. So that's why throwing this back so soon uh, with the same yeah. matchup. But yeah. how how do you feel about an outcome here? Do you think Figueredo gets the win and they run it a fourth time, or do you think Marino gets another W over Figueredo? I I think a lot of it really depends on what he looks like at weigh-ins because Figueredo has a really hard time making weight. Um, he did make it last time, but I don't know, man. I I don't really like this fight. I like Brandon Moreno, um, but. I mean, he had a superstar moment in Arizona when he beat him in the rematch. The first fight was a draw. Uh, and I, I just would really hate if if Moreno loses, then you possibly are going to run this back again or sometime soon. Like, it's just a weird fight. You hope that Moreno wins and it's just done with. But, I mean, he might not. They Like, I, there's definitely a possibility that Figueroa took him lightly in the second fight and um, really worked on some things and could be much more of a war, much more of that draw type fight that we saw. So uh, I'm going to go with Moreno, but I'm not ultraly confident that it'll be as easy like it was last time. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, he beat him by rear naked choke in the third in their in their most recent fight. I don't know. I am taking Marino as my prediction, though. But I do, I like you, I do feel like it's going to be a uh, a closer fight this time. But it's going to be interesting. If Figueredo loses, I'm not sure. I mean, maybe he goes to Bantamweight. Um, I, I think that would be the move. Like, he's he's so big at that weight. I think it would make sense. Yeah. And I think Marino would have a lot of success at Bantamweight as well. Um, you know, if he wants to kind of try his luck there too, kind of depending on how all this goes. And we know the UFC loves doing all these double title fights and stuff. I thought it was hilarious that they told Henry Cejudo, like he's not allowed to come back and fight for the featherweight title, even though guys like GSP have done literally the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, we don't jump the line here. You don't just not fight for a while and then get a title shot in a different division you never fought for. Excuse yeah. me? 
they almost did that for Cody Garbrandt also, if he wouldn't have got yeah. injured. Or sorry, if they wouldn't have done the uh, the draw this, from Reno and Figueroa. This is this is about money, and this is about Dana being upset that Cejudo just retired out of the blue without telling them. I think that's mainly what this is about. And I think they've probably already offered him fights before at the same normal contract that he was making, and Henry has turned them down. So now it's like, oh, you – you want to fight now, but only for the title and all this stuff. But, dude, like, I want Cejudo back. Cejudo just brings way more to the table. And I I, I think that they should do it. They should totally do it. it. If not the championship match, give him the number one contender. See if he is the guy in the new weight class. And if he wins, then, man, run that. Yeah, I I personally think he should get an immediate title shot at featherweight if he comes back. Um, I'm for it. Yeah, based on what he did at bantamweight and flyweight, like, and um, he but, would be he would be the only fighter in UFC history to win three different titles in three different divisions. Like that that right there is worth trying. Like, yeah, I I did, and he said that he's willing to defend the title as well. You know, so it's not like he's just there to win it and be done. So uh, it's frustrating. Like Dana does this sometimes though. You, you get on Dana's nerves and, and he, he, you become an enemy to him. Then it's not, it doesn't go well. And, and Ali is his manager for crying out loud. And Ali has a great relationship with Dana. So if Ali can't get Dana to budge, this is not happening. Yeah. Yeah. The thing with Cejudo and featherweight also is that he's a stylistic nightmare for that division. Like the yep. top 10, I have it in front of me. It is stylistically, most of these fighters, if not all of them, are primarily stand up fighters, strikers, except for Ortega, who does a lot of striking. But <clears throat> you have Volkanovsky, Holloway, Ortega, Rodriguez, Zombie, Cater, Emmett, Allen, Chikaze, Ige, Barbosa. Like, yep. Henry Cejudo would out wrestle all of those guys. You know what I mean? It's like, so I think that's part of the fear too for Dana is like, okay, I, I called this guy's bluff. He retired on me. He tried to leverage that into a better deal. I don't view him as a pay-per-view draw. I'm not fighting to keep him here. He wants to come back at featherweight. I need featherweight contenders for Volkanovsky. But if he comes back, he's probably going to, beat a lot of these guys and then he might just bail on me again and yep. you know what I mean so like it's a tough spot for everybody as a fan I just want to see Suhudo wrestle or, or or fight and uh you know if he gets that that title belt too he can call himself quadruple C with that Olympic gold too huh. which would be kind of crazy but um but that said the main event of the show on Saturday is Francis Ngannou and Surreal Gone to unify the heavyweight championships, who do you think wins this fight and leaves as the undisputed heavyweight champion? I'm so torn on this fight. I really am. One thing I do find interesting, though, is it sounds like if Surreal if, if Surreal Gone wins this fight and beats Francis Ngannou, Francis Ngannou is a free agent. Like, he's free to go. If he wins this fight, he's not free to go. Right. So, like... As bad as this thing has been with the UFC, like you would think that he might just go out there and like pull a Hogan and Nash, you know, like finger no, finger poke a dude. Literally, bell rings. He takes a knee and just taps the canvas. Like, like wow, 
Yeah. It, it, the balls of that man, if he did that. Oh, my God. Dana would be so mad. In the timing, but, too, because everyone's going to be paying the increased pay-per-view prices. Everyone would be wanting their money oh, back. It would be such a mess. God, that would be crazy. <laughs> I bet they would sue him for throwing a fight. Like, oh, my God, it would be awful. Um, so that's probably not going to happen. But uh, but could if he's like, you know, in deep water, does he just kind of just kind of fold up a little bit and just call it a night if he's not feeling it? You know what I mean? Like, it's just an interesting thing. And you got Tyson Fury out here calling him out. And so, like, you know that that's a huge payday for him. And he's already said that he wants boxing. He wants to fight boxing no matter what. So even if he's doing a new UFC contract, he has to be allowed to box, which I don't think will work. I don't think UFC will agree to that. So it's a very interesting storyline going in here. Another thing I found fascinating is Surreal Gone is the favorite. Yeah, that's very surprising. Very surprising. I mean, he's undefeated and all, but... Yeah, I thought you would have to kind of go out on a limb to say, I think Cyril Gaon's going to win this fight. And now he's the favorite like that. That was surprising to me. So I'm I'm torn, man. I I just I feel like Francis is going to win. I just think that the I, I was really leaning towards Cyril back after the Derek Lewis fight. But I just think the power's too much. I think the power is too much, and he's just going to find a way to get him. But I will say this. I think Cyril Gaon is not intimidated by Francis Ngannou. I think that he will go right after him, and if it becomes like a technical fight, he will pick him apart. But I just feel at some point, man, Francis is going to land, and it is going to be a, a rough night. Yeah, I feel I, the same. I'm going to Francis. Francis, yeah, I feel the same way as you. You know, Cyril Gaon – He's 10-0. His last four wins are over JDS, Rosenstrike, Volkov, and Derek Lewis. So, I mean, very impressive. Uh, Francis Ngannou on the flip side, <clears throat> ever since his little drought where he lost to Stipe and Derek Lewis in some very bizarre fights, uh, he's knocked out or TKO'd Curtis Blades, Cain Velazquez, JDS, Rosenstrike, and Stipe. I mean, these are two dudes who are the two best heavyweight fighters in the world right now, uh, both strikers um, as well. So, like, I doubt there's going to be much wrestling at all in this one. I think the farther the fight gets, the better Gon's chances increase. So, for instance, I think that in the early rounds, Francis is going to have a lot of... Uh, the, well, here's the thing. With Francis, like you were saying, his... I think Gon is the better technical boxer. And I think he sure. fights kind of like a Diaz brother where like he's going, he's going volume, 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 volume. And eventually the volume is just too much and you crumble. Um, and I think at heavyweight volume still, like even if you're only hitting halfway, that still hurts a lot. Like you, you feel everything at heavyweight. For sure. And I think Nganu, as we've seen, I shouldn't say we think, we know for a fact Nganu has a literal one-punch knockout power. And it doesn't matter if it happens in the first round or the fifth round, but I think his chances of, of landing and finishing the fight are better in the first like two or three rounds. Yep. Um, but if this goes five rounds, even if, even oh. if gone is losing the first couple rounds, I think gone. I mean, he might put together some 10 eights on him potentially if they, if they're just standing, 
which is what I'm expecting them to do. And see, what I feel like is if we get to a point to where it's like 10-8, I think Francis is quitting. I think right, Francis and be like, I'm done. taking my money, getting them out of this deal. That's it. That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think yeah. he has that same <clears throat> motivation to just be in there. Um, but, man, one thing you can't take away from Francis is, I mean, he flatlined Stipe. Yeah. And nobody does that. And and that's the one on Overeem was still one of the most scary knockouts oh, ever. I mean, Rosen strike too. I mean, because it yeah. was dead quiet. Like I remember Rogan was just like, oh, "Oh yeah, it's over, it's over." And it was just like twelve <laughs> seconds. It's boom, boom, good night. And, and it was just like this eerie quiet because he just like damn near killed a man. Um, so and there probably wasn't, his, yeah, there was no fans either because it was May. No, no fans. So, yeah. and it was just creepy because he just went <laughs> right through him. And it was just like, yeah, it's over. That's wow. Okay. Oh. Francis. Yeah, 20 Agane. seconds into the first round. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, th- there's just that crazy knockout power that he has. And, and like I said, I mean, if you're talking heavyweight goat, Stipe's right up there. And I mean, he, he destroyed him. So uh, it's, it's, it's tough to say, but and, and like I said, I would not be surprised at all if Surreal Gone wins this fight. It, but but that's like crazy though, because I'm trying to convince people to give the underdog a chance in my mind, and they're saying Francis is the underdog. I just I don't buy that. I think Francis should be the favorite. Surreal is the underdog. Um, but I think Francis is gonna win. Yeah, I'm going with Francis as well. I think he wins by knockout or technical knockout. Um, and, and probably within the first three rounds, I think. Um, and it's interesting, like you were saying, we'll see what happens with Francis and his contract and the whole situation. Because for people who, who don't know what Doug was talking about, basically the way the UFC works is if you're the champion, like the current reigning champion of any of their divisions, and you're running off of your, uh, like your deals coming up, you know, you've fought out your actual contract, if you keep that title belt, you're immediately locked in to have to keep yep. fighting with them. So like yep. the only way for him to get out of his contract is to lose this fight. And he's already said publicly that he's not fighting for half a million dollars or whatever anymore. Like after this, he's yep. only fighting for like millions of dollars, which to his credit, he deserves, like he should be fighting for millions of dollars. Um, the problem is, though, is his agency, his his agent is not a fighting agent. He's like a Hollywood agent. And so he just has no clue what the market is, how the UFC operates, any of that stuff. And so it's not going well. And Dana basically is like, put his foot down, like, yeah, it ain't happening, bro. We're not doing that. So I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. I will say this, though. The most interesting fight out there for Francis Ngannou, I think, is Tyson Fury, especially because Tyson's saying he's down to do it with MMA gloves. So, I mean, what a great, what a great, I mean, fightful fight night for that would be amazing. (laughs) Love love something like that. Um, Especially if they're going to drag their feet with, like, Anthony Joshua and all that other nonsense. Like, just do something for the time being and make some serious money. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, that's probably a good stopping point before we get out of here. I want to let everyone know once again, that fightful fight night, this Saturday, UFC 270, it'll be, uh, the main event and the co-main event. I'll be live over there. I'll also be live this Sunday. We talked about GCW. I'll be on Sunday night, right after 
Game Changer Wrestling and Hammerstein, uh, the world on GCW. It'll be me and Righteous Reg from Grapsity. We're going to be doing the uh, the like the post show review right after the show uh, on Sunday. So I'll be doing back to back nights over there at Fightful. Shout out to Unkind Esports for being a part of the show. Make sure to check them out on all social media at Unkind Esports. Make sure to check out their new website at unkindesports.com. If you play any games, the main game I know they're looking for right now is Halo, the new Halo, which I think is Halo Infinite. Yeah, um, it is. And they're, they're, Speaking real quick, Xbox just took over the game. I saw they bought Blizzard. Activision yeah. slash Blizzard, Blizzard, like yeah. that. They're going to own Call of Duty as an exclusive. And what's crazy is, is with Game Pass, all those games are just going to be available day one. Like you can just, it, the mo- like that's what's crazy. Like, like you don't have to buy Halo. Like if you have Game Pass, you have Halo. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty it's, sick. It's they also becoming get... the Netflix of of gaming is basically what it has become. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast I could do because like they also get the rights to like StarCraft or World of Warcraft, all these like massive they, online They own Crash like... Bandicoot. I think that's yeah. the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. Like Sony's property for the longest time that they're Sonic the Hedgehog basically and now they own it. Like I, I really hope they revamp Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I would love to have like a new Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Um, but yeah, they have they World of Warcraft. Like they, they just have a bunch of stuff now. So it, it's wild. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting because I don't know if you remember the whole thing that went down where Microsoft owned Mixer, which was basically what was supposed to be the big rival for Twitch. And mm. They they signed Ninja and Shroud, two of the biggest Twitch streamers yep. ever. And they wound up pulling the plug on Mixer, like not even a year into those guys. Like I think they're in there for like three year deals. And they wound up having to pay Ninja like $30 million and Shroud like $10 million. Cause like they were, they were exclusively signed to, to basically help make Mixer the next Twitch. And they pulled gotcha. the plug on the whole thing kind of out of the complete blue. And now it's starting to make a little more sense because it's like, oh, did you, you, you cut that out because it's like you knew you were about to drop seventy billion on buying, buying Activision, basically. I mean, so. Yep. Um, but yeah. So anyway, one thing that I do find interesting though is they they talked about the metaverse. The oh yeah, that's a big metaverse. reason they're doing this. Yeah, and and like, man, that thing's coming. Oh yeah, and I I'm very 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 leery of it like if yeah, i've I'm... seen ready player i've seen ready player one okay like it, it, this is Dude, this ready player one's this... pretty badass so if they can make anything like similar to that i'm just i i trust me i have my reservations about like wanting yeah. everything to be digital and like disconnecting from the real world and all this yes stuff. but yes. i'm also not completely gonna be against it either like i mean i'll be getting more dave and busters nfts tomorrow i'm not even kidding so like <laughs> um but that all said, me and Doug have just shown you, we know a little bit about the video game space. And that's why y'all should check out Unkind Esports. Because they're also, they're looking for Halo players. They're looking for social media people. They're looking for maybe some people to stream on their Twitch as they revamp all their stuff. Um, and I've said it before at the top of the show, Rob Van Dam's one of the owners of the company. Like there are a lot of wrestling fans and MMA fans over there at Unkind. So y'all would fit in perfect with everything they got going on over there so shout out to them to unkind esports uh for being a part of the show so 
make sure to go there and, and show them some love for for helping us out with the podcast. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore. That's everything that I've got. And follow our Instagram <laughs> account as well. Yes, a lot of fun. You just uploaded some Terminus photos on there. I'll I'll put some loco wrestling stuff on there this weekend. A um, lot of lot of good stuff on there, and we'll constantly be putting that up on. Yeah, that we have the description or in the description for the video below. Um, we have a link there, and anyone who's hearing the audio version or wants to hear this right now, it's Live Rounds YT, like stands for YouTube. So L I V E R O U N D S Y T. And if you'll follow us over there. We appreciate it. We're just having fun with it. Um, we, mainly, Doug. We we as we've uploaded like over two hundred posts, but the the thing's only been up for like a, a week or so. So, um, we're basically it's a cool hub though, where you can go and you know just see Doug has met like every wrestler ever, and there is pictures <laughs> of it. So, um, and then I'm uploading like action figure stuff and podcast clips and and uh, you know video and pictures from like uh, events that we're attending and stuff. So. It's kind of a cool hub to just throw stuff out there to Instagram. Just just extra stuff for you guys who watch the show who might want a little bit deeper on kind of like our personal fandom uh, for this yeah. stuff. So. Well, and I mean, we tell stories sometimes about things that have happened. And so like to be able to see pictures of it, and I think it's pretty cool. So um, definitely recommend checking that out. You can follow me on Twitter as well. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, dynamite this week you've got sean spears and cm punk you've got cody returning john moxley is returning um and uh i think oh yeah the acclaim versus sting and darby oh, so right a lot a lot of fun uh tomorrow i'm not sure where they're at though hopefully it's a hot crowd we need that again um and then we've got playoffs and we got gcw and also this weekend we have uh, Warriors of Wrestling with Will Ospreay versus Brian Cage. That's kind of a dream match for a lot of people. So if you're interested in that, check that out. So yeah, that pretty much covers everything. Yeah. And uh, then, uh, appreciate ne- ne- next week on the show, I'll give we'll give away some uh, some Wrestle Rumble entries because I think the Royal Rumble is Royal next Rumble. weekend. So okay. Um. So well, I'll actually watch the Royal Rumble. So yeah, that's one of those things where you all have that to look forward to next week. We'll give away some Royal Rumble uh, entries for Wrestle Rumble to next week before before that show. So so there you go. We'll talk Royal Rumble, and uh, yeah, should be good. So thanks for everybody for tuning in. Please subscribe if you haven't. Please smash that like button. Um, leave comments below, and uh, we appreciate you guys. Take care. And <laughs> no, no, you have to, it's over.